sound weird is because I've got a, a problem that just arose like the minute I got here and that was like the jack that's supposed to plug into the computer just broke off broke off into the computer it's like you gotta be kidding me like this, this little thing that was here just broke off right into the into my into my friggin' computer, and it broke off, and it's sitting in there right now. So all the all the sound and stuff like that that I wanted to uh, play you is going to have to come over on a on 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 a different kind of mode. It's going to have to come over on a different kind of uh, stream for you. It's going to have to be be through a uh, through a through a through my my a microphone sitting here. It's going to be like ghetto. For a little while, but I guess I got to figure out how to get that thing out of my computer too. It's kind of one of those things. Like, how does how the hell does that happen? And so it's in there. It's in the there's a little thing that's in the hole there that I have to uh, find a way to get out of there. So I, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm gonna, I guess I just take a little like a little yeah or yeah. You mean tweezers? What built by 
uh, fairies because uh, you know because I, I I could probably stick depending on what it is if it's kind of like a hole in there they could probably stick something in there that's small and just pull it out of there like a pin or something but I'm not gonna be able to do that until after the show I guess I could I could, I could just say you know I'm not gonna go on and then take it out and then do surgery on my computer but the hell I mean. Sound very good coming out of there. If there's one speaker that's better than the other. I guess it'll be all right. I think for a little bit, for the for at least a little bit of the time. I guess I don't know. Well, you know, happens to the best of us, and that's just the the way it's all going to have to go. Like I wanted to play you the sound of this Venezuelan prime minister. Did you see? Do you see what happened to this guy? So, so he's doing one of these. I, I'm surprised they even have these still in Venezuela, as crappy as everything is there. They still manage to have some kind of march and some kind of thing with all these military people. And he's got his uniform on with the, you know, with the sash and everything else. And then there's a drone that that comes into the scene. They're doing their big, you know, hey, everybody, you got to love Venezuela. It's like, I don't know how it, how, I don't think anybody really even showed up to this thing, but apparently there were a lot of people, the few people in Venezuela who actually have, who have means or resources, I guess, or, or maybe they're forced to come out there or something and do whatever, but it was a drone yeah, I mean, this is how it all worked out, people. I don't know whether you're going to be able to hear it well or not here. These people don't have a pot to piss in over there in Venezuela. And they still have time for all of this stuff. These guys are all these decorated, uh, this is in Caracas, these decorated individuals and they've got their medals on and he's got his sash on. Is a drone, Nicolas Maduro. Ha llegado la hora de la recuperación económica. They're all something popped above their heads, and then then you see this video, and and, and they're all like just pell melling the hell out of it. They don't even know what's going on. They think it's they think it's some kind of military attack and they all go shuffling out of the streets it kind of it, it kind of took them long enough though to, to 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 figure that out there's actual video of the drone somebody somebody took video of the drone up in the air there's this thing flying down all around them and that's one thing they also don't have there apparently is security <laughs> I hate to laugh. No, nobody was killed. But what's funny? What's funny about it is that they, is that these people are videotaping the drone. I mean, you could see actually that if you go to liveleak.com, I'll put the link up there for you. Somebody's videotaping the drone, and it blows up in midair. <laughs> 
that must be Venezuelan for, is that a drone? Wait a minute. What is that thing flying out there in the middle of nowhere? What is that thing? It looks like, and it couldn't tell apparently whether, because by the video, it looks like it's a small helicopter coming at them. But they're, they're suddenly, it's like, and this thing blows up. Now, I don't know how much. I don't know how much close that this thing would have to get in order for it to actually do any damage, but I'm guaranteeing it's a big-ass bomb right there. And had those individuals been in any way, shape, or form anywhere near that thing, somebody would have been in trouble. Now, they don't know who it was that, that, it, that might have been trying to, to – hurt this guy and, and, and take Maduro out. I don't know what their plan was, but obviously he has some opposition over there, and that's a pretty big deal because Venezuela is collapsing, and it's really gotten to be a bad situation over there in Venezuela. So it's a pretty cool video. I guess I'll put that. I'll try to put that in the uh, comment section there for you on uh, on Facebook when I have uh, chance we copy it for you and get it on there. So we've got uh, a lot to talk about today. Jimmy Hoff's going to be on with us at 730. We are live as we always are every single day from the Discovery Design Studio, discoverydesigninc.com. That's where you can find all of your truck needs and all of your uh, uh, needs. If you're a hauler, if you're a builder, you name it, you got it. It's Discovery Design. Check it out on the web, discoverydesigninc.com. Yeah, it's pre-election time, and I don't know where you guys are all at in terms of your voting. I know I'm going to try to get some of these guys on with me in the later hours, and then people can come on. If you all have a candidate who is a favorite candidate, Paul Barry is going to be coming in as well. I'm not quite sure whether it's tomorrow or today. I'm trying to get him in here eventually to to talk about the county executives race because that's kind of a – uh, that's that's an interesting one. I mean, I think Paul Barry is going to be obviously the Republican nominee, so I'm not quite sure there's much going on there. But uh, I'm seeing a lot of Montavani signs out there. I'm seeing a lot of signs. I don't I don't see a whole lot of Stinger signs. But again, you never know whether or not this is one of those situations where really it's just all people who are in a situation where they're just kind of laying low and they don't have their signs out. And Madhavani is the guy for people who are kind of like in a in a mode where they want to get uh, get things moving, and 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 he's the he's the anti candidate, so to speak. Madhavani did say at one point that he did in fact support Donald Trump for president, which I thought was uh, pretty unusual, and it kind of got him into some trouble because Stenger and those guys all acted like he was some kind of heretic because he supported Trump. But we'll see how it goes, Stenger has really gotten it from all different sides and maybe even for good reason because he's in a situation where he has made so many enemies and he just has not been friendly to the general St. Louis County and they're turning on him. And I think he's attempted to get, you know, the the black vote and and, and has been in a situation where he's attempting to you know, go to these churches and sing and do do all the things that I guess a politician does. And does that really work, though? I, I you you think that it would maybe work? You think that it would maybe be a good thing to just go to a church and sing? But what do black people think when the white 
politician comes there and sings Amazing Grace in their church is are really are they really that easy? I guess. I mean, you know, it does make a difference when people come to your doorstep or or take the time to talk to you. I guess it does make a difference sometimes. But I'm not quite sure whether in the end it, I think white politicians think that it does if they just come in and act black that maybe that'll work. But I, I don't know. It just seems kind of humiliating, too, to see Stanger up there kind of almost kind of having to dance for his his dinner. But anyway, we've got a lot going on with the pre-election. Tomorrow is it. Tomorrow is the, especially in the U.S. Senate race, guys, this is where it all, the, the rubber meets the road. This is where it all comes down to a head. And so chime in on Facebook if you want to. I know that... Uh, I know that Mark Hayes is going to come in just a little later on, and Jimmy Hoff's going to be with us. And then ultimately, as I told all of the candidates, I said, you know, just get a hold of me. You can call me, you know, in the morning and st- or stop in, whatever you want to do, because I'll take everybody who wants to come on in and say hi, because we've worked hard. You know, I will tell you that in the end, when it comes right down to it, we really have we really have done our due diligence here at Radio Free Almond, and you all have really done your due diligence. I've seen many of you at many different kinds of events and things like that, and we, we've worked hard either way, at the very least in terms of illumination and getting you all the kind of information you want to have. And again, I have not made an endorsement. I would not do that. Uh, to any of you, uh, and I think that's that's fair. I'm not going to endorse a candidate, and I, I got to tell you, I've I've been torn myself throughout this whole process. I really have been, you know, I, 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 everybody has something to love about them, which is frustrating. Usually, you can just gonna t- you know take somebody out, and that's it. But uh, everybody has uh, something to to love about them in this race, and I think. To tell you the truth, any one of these individuals can beat Claire McCaskill. I, I, I honestly believe she's vulnerable. I think that she is going to have a hard time in a Trump economy. And I think that she can talk all she wants about, I don't know, what's she going to bring up, a, another Confederate statue or you know, what's she going to do? And, and and Trump is still wildly popular in Missouri, no matter what people say. And and even with the tariffs and everything else, he still maintains a huge, huge chunk of the of the electric here. I mean, nineteen percentage points ahead. So interesting. Yeah, Paul backs Paul. I don't know what I don't know why you think that I would give Charles Jaco the biggest asshole in St. Louis any time of day on my show. You guys really want to hear from Charles Jaco? I mean, you, I mean, after all this hard work in building Radio Free Allman and all this hard work in, in building this brand, and after Jaco was part and parcel to this fake takedown of me at 97.1, you really think it's a good idea for me to have Charles Jaco on 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 your real estate on Radio Free Almond, you think I ought to give heart attack the the time of day on my radio show? I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know what you're thinking, dude, but uh, 
but I'm never going to have Charles Jaco uh, on this radio show. And probably the only time you're going to ever hear me mention his name again is when I'm reading his obituary. That's probably the last time you'll hear me talk about Charles Jaco. But uh, bad idea, dude. I mean, I love you, but really horrible idea to have Charles Jaco on the air. And I, I've, I've been on the air with him before, and it was a complete failure for him. And he wound up being run out of town on a rail at 97.1, but I was on with him for like all of six months before he gave up. But I, I definitely would never have Charles Jaco on my air. I mean, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even ride a Metro link with the a-hole. So I, you know, it's, it's, uh, anyway, nice try, but I would never have him on. Uh, he's, he, and, and he hates you too, Paul, just so you know. I mean, just, just so, just so you understand what's, what's going on here. So this idea that somehow we would give any kind of credibility to a guy like Charles Jaco is, uh, is nuts. John Kasich, maybe I'd have him on the air when he's running for president, I guess, right? Do you see this in Ohio? There's a, there's a, candidate there, uh, Troy Balderson, and there was this rally that they had, and yet Trump wasn't invited. And it's interesting, this guy's facing a really tough row there in Ohio against this Democrat, Danny O'Connor, and Trump won this whole district by double digits, and yet Governor Kasich is a guy in Ohio who's thinking that it's going to be a wise idea for him maybe to try to primary President Trump. Now, you all know Kasich is uh, like hugely annoying. And and when he was running, he was like he was Mr. Sad Sack all the time. And Trump really kind of drove him crazy because it just it, it really made it was it became so evident that that Kasich was just this dinosaur rhino Republican. And and now there are kind of different types of Republicans in the race. You had the Jeb Bushes of the world, and they were the kind of the neocony type of folks uh, who constantly never met a war they didn't like, and they just were off to the races on that. And they were the party that, that obsessed over gays, and it just, it just bleh, you know, he and some of these other guys out there. And so it wasn't really a, an attractive crew and Kasich was probably the least attractive because Kasich really is kind of one of these uh, more or less liberal, so to speak. And he uh, is in Ohio that President Trump, by the way, won. And Ohio is a huge blue collar state. And these guys, a lot of union people there, a lot of uh, manufacturing jobs there. And these people love them some Trump. And it drove Kasich nuts because he just couldn't tolerate the fact that Donald Trump was going to take the state by double digits. Now, Kasich's back for another helping. He's on this week with Stephanopoulos, which I don't understand why. And it's, for whatever reason, they had him on because he might be a primary challenger. And here he is with uh, George Stephanopoulos. Did it really tell you that he was surprised that President Trump was coming and didn't want him to come? No, I asked him, I said, I said, Troy, why did you invite Trump in here, the president? He said, no, I didn't. 
See, interestingly enough, uh, John Kasich refuses to say President Trump. So Trump, Trump, Trump. Is, he, he's kind of like got the uh, the the the, the left wing approach, like the, almost like the Kasin approach. And Kasin will be in a little later, where they just refuse to call him. President Trump. So they, they figure that as long as they just don't call him President Trump, he won't be President Trump. But, of course, uh, that doesn't work that way, people. Does it really now? tell you that he was surprised that President Trump was coming and didn't want him to come? No, I asked him. I said, I said, Troy, why did you invite Trump in here, the president? He said, no, I didn't. So, you know, I think Donald Trump decides where he wants to go. And I think they think they're firing it up the base. But I have to tell you, at the same time he comes in here, I was with some women last night who said, hey, you know what? I'm not voting. and They're Republicans. I'm not voting for the Republicans. See, this is the problem the party has now. The problem the Democrat. John Kasich just did what the Post-Dispatch does and what anybody who's anyone does when they want to derail the Republican Party and derail, for instance, the reelection chances of President Trump. And that is invent this idea somehow. It, it, you, you guys know about the suburban women, right? You guys know about that little thing, suburban white women. How many times have you seen the story about suburban white women and how they're going to be a key to the election and they don't like President Trump and this kind of thing? Have you? How many times have you heard that meme? Now, keep in mind. If you go to Radio Free Almond and the public page and you go to my Facebook page and you look at the demographics of women who support President Trump and of people who support President Trump and you look at the demographics of the people who are tuned in to Radio Free Almond on Facebook, you will see that a majority of them are women. And to tell you the truth... The majority of them are suburban white women. I don't know why that is some kind of thing for people, and they have to they have to delineate on those levels there. But they are suburban white women, and suburban white women in 2016 came out in droves for President Trump. These were the women who the news media had decided couldn't put up with potty mouthed, foul mouthed. Donald Trump couldn't put up with grab him by the P Donald Trump. And yet at the same time, what happened is when push came to shove, the women came out in droves for this guy. And the reason they did is the reason why men did too. And the reason why evangelicals did too. And the reason why blacks did. And did you notice that the president Trump's uh, in his economy now, that the number of Hispanic jobs, that the Hispanic Job Corps is increasing by the day. So Mr. Xenophobe, Mr. You know, oh, Hispanics hate President Trump, is doing really well on all different demographics. And this whole idea somehow that suburban white women are turned off and disenchanted with President Trump is ridiculous. And there are people who will say, oh, yeah, but, you know, he they don't like his tweeting. He's too rough around the edges. It's like, I'm sorry, but ask any woman out there who's actually plugged into Radio Free Omen or beyond what they think about President Trump. And they, they love the guy. He's a gladiator. He's a fighter. 
He's a, that's why evangelicals, for instance, voted for a guy, even though there were conservatives out there or these Republicans who kept going out there saying, oh, well, you know, he doesn't he can't even read it, read a passage of the Bible. He doesn't even quote correctly from the Corinthians. I don't know what, what, what it was. Remember his Corinthians 2020 or two, whatever it was. That was another pot shot that nobody really appreciated. Whatever it was, it didn't matter. Because, first of all, women weren't electing, for instance, a husband, for lack of a better kind of comparison. Blacks weren't electing another black guy. Evangelicals weren't electing a preacher. They were electing a person who they believed would fight for their values. They believed they were electing a person who, regardless of whether or not he could read a passage from the Bible or, or recall a passage from the Bible or whether he could do this or could do that. They wanted a guy who actually had the moxie and the energy to take care of the business of this country, to defend us when we needed it, to stand up for this country, to bring us back to a point where we're proud to be Americans, to, to maintain our level on the world stage in a more fair and equitable manner. And to not constantly talk this country down and to finally bring us to a point where there is an inordinate amount of American pride now that we never had before, or at least for the last 10 years or so. And and people are into this country now. People are happy. And yeah, half the country still remains persnickety about the president. I get it. And then the the other uh, doughboys out there who can't tolerate the president's tweets you still don't like his style so to speak but you know what the fact of the matter is things are getting done and the people like Kasich are going the way of the Whigs they're going away and and they can invent this idea that women you know it's funny how Kasich brought up oh I was just talking to some Republican women and they're not even voting it's like that doesn't sound like a real Republican woman to me the Republican women I know are pretty damn energetic, and they're fighters. Some of them are even more energetic on the fighting scale than men are, for crying out loud. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, and plus I think it's, you know, I'm not, I don't play the sexist game, but I think it's kind of sexist for these politicians all the time to sit there and talk about women as some kind of monolithic voting block of sorts. All in in this fashion, to to insinuate some kind of value that women are placing on on whether or not President Trump is offensive when he tweets or not, those kinds of things, like making out women to be like little kitty cats running around, like how sensitive they are. No, women want what men want, what blacks want, what Hispanics want, what. Other women want – they want this country to succeed. They want their families to prosper. They want their husbands to have solid jobs. They want their sons to have a future. They want their daughters to have a future. Same thing. It's no different. But John Kasich insists somehow that these women are just, you know – I'm not voting for the Republicans. See, this is the problem. The, yeah, here. You know what? I'm not voting. They're Republicans. Oh, yeah, I'm not let vo- me go back. I was with some women last night who said, hey, you know what? I'm not voting. They're Republicans. I'm not voting for the Republicans. See, this is the problem the party has now. The problem the Democrats have is I don't know what their message is, George. You tell me. It's sort of like anti-Trump, but no message. 
You can't win elections if you don't have a message. You know that. You've been involved in politics. Do you think Republicans don't have a message? That's what Kasich is maintaining somehow. Why would – let me ask you this. Why would women that Kasich is talking about, why in your mind would these women not vote? Do you know any women, by the way, who uh, have decided that they're not going to vote? Do, do, do you know anybody out there? Lisa, thanks for joining the show. Mama Kay, how you doing? Stacy, what's up? Margaret, how you doing? Do you know any women who just are not going to vote? And why, what, what world is John Kasich living in where he's fantasizing about this idea that somehow there, women have problems with the Republican Party? What has the Republican Party done? Now, are there women maybe who are concerned, I guess, what about the overturning of Roe versus Wade? Even if that happens, even if Roe versus Wade is overturned, it's all going to be up to the states anyway. It's, 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 it's going to have zero impact on what's going on out there regarding abortions and things like that, contrary to what some people might think. Even people who support overturning it and outlawing it, well, the fact of the matter is it probably wouldn't be outlawed in some states. Some states would be it would be it'd be like marijuana, you know. You're gonna you're gonna go to Colorado for weed, and you're gonna go to California for an abortion. It's gonna kind of happen like that. But the but but the bottom line is, folks, John Kasich is lying. John Kasich's trying to create a niche for himself, a place, an avenue, an alley for himself to be able to somehow sneak in and and get some kind of legs. When it comes to the Republican Party and the Kasich Republican Party, which basically might as well be the Democratic Party, because this dude ain't going nowhere. And so keep in mind, oh, you're also going to hear me typing when I do this, because I, I uh, if you guys are just tuning in, I broke off a uh, little piece in my earphone thing so the plug that normally would plug in all my music and all that kind of stuff uh, broke off into the thing so what you're seeing what you're hearing now is me i had to put a microphone up to my speaker so it's it's like ghetto radio today but you're gonna have to put up with it i'm sorry about that but it is kind of like uh not the best without further ado ladies and gentlemen our national anthem Let's go. We are we are live here from the Discovery Design Studios and happy Monday to all of you.
luck, chug luck. Make you wanna holler, holly ho. Find your tummy, don't you know? Chug luck, chug luck. Grape wine in a mason jar. Ah, yeah. <laughs> the old Roger Miller, everybody. Good morning this morning, Roger Miller. I actually have the vinyl of this. Grape wine in a mason jar. Yeah, that's the way to drink some wine, baby. My dad used to have this on the uh, Saturday morning getting up. And we, we, uh, we had... Uh, We had this thing with this big console. You know how they used to have. And you could that's where you could also stack up the records. So we have a Saturday day. My dad would just put up about six or seven of those records, stack those babies up. And first record drop. Second record drop, you have you'd have just music all day long. On the old electrophonic. It was a piece of furniture back in those days. But I had this, I actually have this album. I had the vinyl of this album because it was used to be my dad's. Chug-a-lug. You guys know. I'm about this is one of my favorites. This one, this one here. Dang me. You guys remember this one too, right? This is uh, this is the, the more famous one, I think, for all of you, but. Lots of really good ones on that album. Trailer for sale or rent. Rooms to let 50 cents. No phone, no pool, no pets. Ain't got no cigarettes. 150-pound record player. That's right, Anthony. You know what? Roger Miller was very talented. Kind of died early. Smoked a lot, but... Good man. King of the road, people. Roger Miller. You see this? Speaking of the never Trumpers out there, we had. Uh, I have to. You know, now I see that because I'm not able to. I'm kind of having to mix things and do that kind of stuff. I got to actually turn. Uh, turn my music down a little bit. Fade it out a little bit here. Pretend I'm fading it out. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. Good morning this morning. You guys go to Matt. Matt, did you go to Mattress King over the weekend? What? Oh, he didn't get a chance. Matt was uh, texting me over the weekend. He said he was going to go and stop by uh, Mattress King and talk to Chris Kanem in there. One Mattress King on Facebook where you can get the beautiful symbol mattress. It is gorgeous. If you go to One Mattress King, there's a phone number up there. It's on Facebook, and you can make an appointment to see my buddy Chris Kanem and, and get a hold of... These beautiful pillows that they have, these these uh, these uh, comforting 
gorgeous pillows that he gave me when he came in to visit. And I've been sleeping on that. My back is like and neck was better than ever. I went to Europe and kind of had an issue with my neck after all this, being on airplanes and that kind of thing. And I'll be darned if that uh, beautiful pillow didn't change everything in terms of uh, my life. And also, don't forget, of course, the mattresses. These are symbol mattresses since 1961, filled with bamboo. And they are comfortable as all heck. All right, speaking of President Trump, did you see this? Oh, by the way, we had the the big NR, the, the, the march on Washington regarding the NRA. Boy, there's some gems coming out of that, and we'll uh, follow up with that. David Hogg was there, and he was surrounded by armed security. So, hey, listen, everybody needs a gun around them, right? Even David Hogg. Hey. So this guy is a never-Trumper. He had reservations about President Trump in the 2016 election because he thought that President Trump would not be a good Republican. Uh, and, and this is a guy who attended a rally in Tampa, Florida. And he decided that he was – he really actually didn't, didn't – didn't tell anybody really his name, I guess. I don't, I don't know why, but he was there and he talked about how, listen, I showed up to give the president a chance and lo and behold, Griff Jenkins interviews him and it turns out the guy is once and never a Trumper and now a full-on Trump supporter. Check it out, guys. This is, this is interviewed in Tampa. He wouldn't be a good Republican. And honestly, he's changed my mind a lot. You know, the best thing he's done, in my opinion, is the tax cuts and the Supreme Court pick. So, and if he keeps doing a good job, I will. So I didn't vote for anybody in 2000, uh, this very last election. Uh, but this time around, I probably will vote for him. That's, uh, I mean, that's Trump's a pretty message. big change. And what happened is there were people who thought that he wouldn't be a good Republican. Now, Listen, I get it. If you've been around the block and you've been voting Republican all your life and you think there's a certain brand attached to the Republican Party, well, the fact of the matter is some of you are going to be suspicious about President Trump. I understand all that. But people, for whatever reason, just didn't see this thing coming along the way, this new Republican coming along who was a Republican a la Ronald Reagan, an individual who talked about peace through strength, and Ronald Reagan talked about that. And you know what? President Trump was talking about that. Nobody picked up – well, nobody seemed to have picked up on the Reagan-esque nature of him except all of you and us, the voters, the people who kept on being told that there was no path to victory. We knew there was one. We knew there were Democrats and there were union guys and there were other people who were going to be voting for President Trump. We knew that he had crossover potential. We knew people were dissatisfied with the Democratic Party. And we knew most of all that President Trump was a different kind of Republican, that he was a Republican that, you know what, a lot of people could vote for and feel good about it. Keep in mind, Jeb Bush and these guys, I'm sorry, and Mitt Romney – You might say that they were real Republicans or whatever, but they weren't winners. They weren't winners. And I'm not saying you have to give up on principles to win as a Republican because what what principles has President Trump given up on? What what, What principles has President Trump thrown under the bus when it comes to uh, his – conservative viewpoints, when it comes to the economy, when it comes to protecting this country, when it comes to peace, 
when it comes to war. Remember, it was President Trump who everybody said, oh, he's going to, you know, he, he, we don't want him around the, the nuclear button. We don't want him around the red button. We don't want him around to, to get us into a war. And here's a guy who has done more for peace, in my opinion, than any president of the past 20 years has done. And even if you look at President Obama, who the only way President Obama achieved peace was by undercutting America, by going over and acting like, you know, uh, you know, America sucks and apologizing for us all the time. That's the only way he got peace. He got peace by kissing the ass of Western Europe and others and just kind of basically turning on us and throwing us under the bus. The way President Trump has gotten peace is by going over and saying, you know what? The United States of America isn't going to take any more crap. This is peace through strength, people. Isn't going to take any more crap. We're not going to throw our American workers under the bus just for you guys. We're not going to be in a situation where we are – going to sacrifice the jobs and the lives of Americans for your security and for your economy when you guys aren't doing anything to help yourselves. You're going you're gonna to pay more for your military, and you know what they did? You're going to renegotiate trade deals, and you know what they did? And North Korea, you know what? You're going to stop threatening us, and we're going to talk to you, and we're going to figure this whole thing out. And you're going to give us back the bodies of missing American soldiers over there, too. And we did get that. That didn't get much coverage, did it? Remember that? I'm telling you what. If Barack Obama had achieved and secured the return of American remains from uh, North Korea, I'm telling you, it would have been unbelievable. There, there There would have been some street celebration for Barack Obama. But instead, the president... Uh, President Trump barely got any coverage for this. A beautiful speech from Mike Pence hardly got anything. And that was a that was a pretty big deal that we got those American soldiers back, those dead American soldiers back from from North Korea. And it was infuriating to a lot of people because we didn't even know those remains were there. How many of you knew that North Korea was holding on to that many remains of American Soldiers killed in North Korea. It's infuriating just to know they actually had this this thing. Well, I, yeah, Mama K. I, I Fox covered it, but I'm talking about mainstream media really didn't really didn't cover this this ceremony to the degree that they would have had it been President Obama. He would have he you know he he, he would have ridden. He would have been solely responsible for bringing these guys home, and would have would have they would have made a huge hay out of it. You know what? President Trump was the one who was responsible for bringing these guys home and got hardly any attention. But it was infuriating just to know that they actually had the the bodies over there, and were holding on to them. And as Jim Carafano pointed out when he was on the show not too long ago, last week we were talking about this, and unfortunately. Yeah, okay. Was it nice of North Korea to do this? Sure. But imagine all the widows and all the family members who have passed away, never seeing the remains of their loved one, maybe even never even knowing these remains were over there. Imagine how terrible that was. Maybe maybe they didn't even know their loved one was over there. You imagine some poor woman, some widow, and believe me, I think right. I think actually, uh, 
Vice President Pence, when he was talking about this, said that his father, who was a Korean War veteran, uh, passed away some 30 years ago. But there are a lot of people, I guess if you're a Korean War veteran, you're probably, if you're still alive, you're in well into your 90s, I would think. And if you're very young at the time, maybe your 80s. But imagine a, an American widow who, who t- uh, died, never even maybe even knowing that her husband's remains were, were there. And of certainly the moms and the dads who never even maybe knew that their, the remains of their loved one was there. They just considered them to be the uh, missing in action, the MIA. P-O-W-M-I-A, that flag means something to a lot of people. And this was a pretty big deal, but didn't get hardly any coverage. Anyway, uh, did you see this uh, NRA? These are, uh, these are people who – this is the march on the NRA. And David Hogg made an appearance, by the way. He was surrounded by armed guards. Surrounded by armed guards. Oh, by the way, I was reading up. I, I was uh, going back in time a little bit on the uh, Stacey Newman uh, deal. Uh, regarding my tweet about David Hogg. And it turns out I found a little gem in the Post-Dispatch. It turns out that she was interviewed early on, and this really didn't make a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of waves at the time. But you realize that the situation regarding this tweet and David Hogg, that actually that wasn't what really concerned Stacey Newman. That wasn't what this was all about. Do you realize what it was about was the fact that I criticized some of the students who were out there with their signs calling Jeannie Ames a racist? Calling her some kind of confederate or what have you. These kids who clearly were put up to this by their parents probably forcibly were put up to it by their parents standing out there in front of polling places with signs calling Jeannie Ames a racist. And I remember calling these kids out. Well, it turns out that's what made Stacey Newman and her little cabal there angry. I didn't even know that. Because she was quoted in the paper as saying, yeah, you know, uh, this David Hogg tweet wasn't that big of a deal. I figured it was just somebody doing something, and I wasn't really that concerned about it until he started criticizing the kids in Parkway who were standing out there with the signs. That's what made her so mad. That's why David Hogg didn't make a big deal out of what was going on, nor about my tweet. First of all, I didn't tweet him. I didn't even I didn't even use his tweet handle in the tweet. It was me talking in a conversation. Read Snopes. Snopes actually covers this tweet about me. And I think relatively fairly. But anyway, it was that's why David Hogg didn't pay attention to Stacy Newman at the time and didn't think this was a big deal. That's why he when he was asked by the Miami Herald or one of the Florida newspapers, he was down there, what he thought about the tweet and everything else, he shrugged it off. He didn't even, didn't even bother him. But he also knew that Stacey Newman and her gang didn't care one little bit about David Hogg. 
They didn't care one little bit about whether or not I offended him or they uh, – and they knew, of course, I didn't threaten to assault him. And he knew that too. That didn't stop the newspapers from inventing that. And that's all going to hurt down the line as you all know. I've already talked about that. But yeah, he, he didn't care. Because he knew that he knew the circumstances surrounded, surrounding what happened here. He knew the circumstances surrounding this, uh, this attempt to get me off the air. And he knew it had nothing to do with whether or not Stacey Newman really cared about him or anything else. Hi, Tracy Ellis. How you doing? Rick and Tracy Ellis. The Rick and Tracy Ellis Show. I hope you guys are tuning in there. It's 590. It's also a 97.1. Rick and Tracy are great. They uh, actually uh, were so sweet to have me on board with them as uh, one of their, uh, well, let's, put, let's call it the, the intermediary, right? I want to let you guys know that I'm uh, on my way to, poss- to, to getting my real estate license possibly sooner rather than later. And I'm going to do that just in conjunction with what I'm doing already. So there's nothing's going to happen to Radio Free Almond. In fact, I'm building and we're building a new studio and we're doing all this kind of cool stuff. Radio Free Almond 2.0 is going to be arriving in September where we're going to have our phone lines. We're going to have all this kind of stuff. I have plenty of people who are starting to come on board with me as advertisers. I'm going to be meeting with Golden Oak Lending next week. We're going to seal the deal on that. Rick and Tracy are uh, part of this promotion of Radio Free Almond, really helping me out a lot. And we've got Matthew Mitchell, the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. We've got uh, Jeremy North, 360 IRA. All these folks who are coming on board, you all know about Santino's already, Santino Cigars and Cocktails. You all know about Discovery Design, of course, Mattress King. These people, we're loading them up when it comes to sponsorships, and I appreciate that. But one of the things I'm doing with Rick and Tracy Ellis is I am kind of uh, a person who is securing your place at the top of their list when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, buying a commercial piece of property, or selling a commercial piece of property. So if you call me, all right, I've got a separate phone line, separate number, Everything else for you to go ahead and give me a call at 314-309-0704-314-309-0704-309-0704. Give me a call on that line and I will set you up personally with Rick and Tracy Ellis and then they will get the job done in getting your home or your business, or your, I mean, your property sold for you and sold for you fast and it's going to be at the the highest possible level you're going to find anywhere in the land. So I appreciate Rick and Tracy, and they are awesome people and good friends for a long time. They've been good friends, so I appreciate that very much. All right, so back to the David Hogg thing and and, and back to all that. The the reality is that Stacey Newman didn't care a whit about – David Hogg or about his future or about his well-being. They knew damn well I wasn't threatening him. And David Hogg knew damn well that Stacey Newman was utilizing this as a means of just simply trying to silence a conservative voice on on radio. That's what this was all about. And she was anti-Greitens and she was anti-me. And she knew that my show – which continues. It didn't 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 help. She she didn't get it off the air after all, and this was this was uh, it, she can't silence my voice and didn't. And in fact, now uh, is her and her dumb little stepson Drew are going to be on the ropes 
sooner rather than later because I'm suing them, and 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 this will be a case that will make huge news once we get into it. And this is about a state official using the powers of state government to silence a voice and interfere with my contracts, my business contracts, just because I didn't agree with her politically. And so just so you know, that's how this is all going to go down. Stacey Newman used her role as a state representative to silence a conservative voice, to get one of your conservative voices off of radio. And, of course, it's sad that the radio station was such so cowardly and didn't stand up to the bullying and the thuggery of Stacey Newman and her little gang of left-wingers. And so all you have to do, folks, is make sure, too, that you go ahead, if you're trying to figure out how to vote, just make sure that whoever Stacey Newman is endorsing, you stay far, far away from them. And believe me, there are a lot of people who are going to want to stay far, far away from her once I have their asses in a sling, which I will eventually once we're, once we're getting further through on the case regarding Entercom. And just so you know, quick update on that, and then I'll get back to the uh, the news and the and the NRA thing. Uh, case is working well. It's in federal court right now. There's a possibility that we're going to have to go into arbitration of some sort, whatever. But the case is still alive. It's in federal court. They actually set a court date for July first, two thousand nineteen. So it's going to be kind of crazy. But we'll see. I, we'll probably end up uh, working on something and settling something before that. Uh, we will see. But that case is still alive, and I'm suing Intercom and Emmis, and it's in federal court, and we've, uh, we've demanded a jury, and we're going to go full on. We're, I, I am fully prepared to, uh, to fight this to the very end, and we'll depose everybody, and we'll put everybody under oath, and we'll have everybody marched in for depositions, and we're going to make sure we prove our case once and for all that I was wrongly fired, I was fired without cause, and that they caved and violated and breached almost every part of my contract. In fact, we had to remind them just the other day, had to send them a letter. Hey, by the way, you guys, you never told me why I was fired. And now I'm a contracted employee, and I know there were people out there originally who were like, yeah, you know, uh, uh, it's an at-will state. You can, you can do, go ahead and, and, uh, you can go ahead and, and, and uh, fire anybody for any reason. You don't have to tell them. Not when you have a contract. That's not true when you have a contract. I had a contract. I had just signed a contract. I have two and a half years left on my contract, and they will pay me. The two and a half. They'll, they'll pay me the rest of my contract come hell or high water. But anyway, they, 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 these guys, Entercom and Emmis, apparently had not one ounce of, of attorney power because they didn't consult any attorneys because if, if they had, they wouldn't have made so many mistakes. But they apparently didn't. Get, so, so they didn't. We had to write them a letter. Like a week ago, 
hey, by the way, would you mind abiding by state law and informing me why I was fired? We'd like to know. Because we're maintaining actually that 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 Entercom didn't even have the have the authority to fire me. My contract was in the hands of Emmis, so I wish I would have known that uh, before everything happened. Because I would have had an attorney before everything happened instead of after everything happened. But it's too late at that point. But yeah, they they didn't even they they couldn't even comply with state law and inform me in writing why I was fired. They couldn't do it. And, and, the, and the reason why they couldn't do it is because, well, they could do it. They didn't want to do it. Because if they wanted to do it, they would have. But the problem with that is they'd have to say why. And when they say, the minute they say why is when we're going to have them dead to rights. Because... Well, they say it was because of uh, I, I shouldn't. I don't know why I'm going. I should. I'm sorry. I'm, I hope I'm not boring you with the, this case stuff. But let's let's put it this way. Let's say they said it was because I was losing advertisers. You realize that station has lost three times the advertisers it lost when this tweet happened. Three times. They haven't made a budget over there since the day I left. Three times the advertisers has fled that place. And the three that did leave, one of them will testify they didn't want to leave. And they, that's not why they left was because of my tweet. Another one was I was paid for in gift certificates. In fact, I still have them. I wonder if they're still good. And then the other one was the Gelman team, the gutless cowards over there. And they were wanting to come back. They, they, they announced on Friday they were leaving. Then on Monday, they were like, you think we can come back? At that point, I was actually ready to have Rick and Tracy on uh, as an advertiser. I didn't want the Gelman team on, on with me after they made that public display of cowardice. I didn't want them near me. So those are the three advertisers that we're talking about. And then uh, – and so, so Palm Health – they had no intention of, of, of stopping advertising. They were, they were doing a radio experiment anyway and weren't going to do radio anyway in the long run. They were done. And then, and then uh, and, and yeah, Ruth's Chris gave me gift certificates. Let me see if I still have those. Let me see here. Oh, in my bag. Yeah, let me see. Uh, hey, occupy yourselves for a second. I got them somewhere. Hang on. I got a whole I got a whole crap load of these things somewhere. Hang on, people. Can you guys see me in that in that video? Oh, here they are. Yeah. Here. This is how this is this is how I got paid by Ruth Chris Steakhouse. You see these? You guys do a close up here? Yeah, this, this is this is how I got paid. This is this is the this is that big company, the advertiser that uh, that left my show. This is how I got paid. In 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 gift certificates. That's that's the bit. That's the one out of one of the three advertisers that left. Ruth's Chris basically was was it was a trade 
was a trade deal. Like, they paid me in gift certificates. Let's see. This one is uh, this is $100. So they're $100 gift certificates. I think I got uh, 12 of them. This, this, is the big, this is the big 97.1 advertiser, Ruth's Chris. Gift certificates. Now, I, I'd give them to you guys, but, uh, but why would I do that? Because I don't want you going in there. How am I, what am I going to do? I thought at one point what I would do is I'd go down to the, uh, the, uh, the St. Louis Police Department and, uh, and the jail over there. And then the minute I saw some dude putting his shoelaces back in his shoes, I'd give him one of these gift certificates. Some guy like with a like a like a, with a teardrop tattoo, you know, one of those. Give him a hundred dollars. Hey, here's a hundred dollars. I would suggest you and your buddies all go to Ruth's Chris there in Clayton and and have a have a hundred dollar whatever you want. That'd be great. But you know, but I'm te- what am I also going to do? I, I would I would ultimately have to uh, I'd give them to somebody, but that would require me like having them go into Ruth. I don't want them in to go to go in there. Maybe I could go in there in disguise. I mean, I still do like some of their food, you know, like that uh, that uh, that lobster voodoo. I, I always like that stuff still. I'm wondering what's up with that, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna give it. Or what, what else could I do? Any other ideas like I could, that I could do with these gift certificates, you people? But this is how they paid me. This is the big advertiser, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, that left. In, in this. So anyway, so so as I'm going back, so if the, if the station can say, okay, yeah, he was losing losing advertisers. No, they've lost, and we'll be able to document this. They've lost more money after firing me than they did after my tweet. Like I tell you. Those people haven't made a budget to save their lives since April, since I was gone. And we'll be able to document that, too. And they also haven't, their ratings are telling people about mail numbers. They're like, yeah, you know, our mail numbers are high. Oh, really? They've always been high. That was the easiest thing. In fact, one time I had a contract where if I reached a certain level with mail numbers, I'd get a bonus. Then they stopped giving it to me because we got high mail numbers all the time. It was 2554 adults. They matter. I'm the one who dominated in, in 2554 adults. Now they don't even tell people what they're doing because they, they, they know their numbers are in horrible shape. So, so the station could say, okay, he was losing money. No, wasn't losing money. You lost more money after I left than you did before I left. And you were told you were going to, but you didn't listen because David Field, the CEO of Intercom, needed to kiss the ring of all his liberal chino pants wearing buddies there on the East Coast and, uh, and, and, uh, and needed to make a stand. And that's what he did. And yeah, Jim, that's a good idea. Uh, disabled veterans or somebody who, you know, in spite of the fact that I don't want them in Ruth's Chris, I do want them to eat well. So maybe I'll do something like that, Jim. That's a good idea. Okay, and then will they say uh, he was fired because of the the, the uh, public outrage over the tweet? Oh, really? What public outrage? Because the public listening to ninety seven one wasn't outraged over the tweet. Stacy Newman, hmm. Okay, and what? And what? Her her her. The, every tweet, every every uh, Facebook post was from out of the state, or most of them were. Every phone call to advertisers was from out of there. There was robocalling. 
And we'll also be able to prove that her dumb little slow steps, steps on Drew Newman was creating bots there at his company. So most of these tweet things were bots anyway. So we'll, we'll be able to prove that. And we'll say, well, oh, oh really? So uh, the tweet, what, what, and what was it about the tweet that was so offensive? And by the way, Intercom, uh, how did he violate your social uh, media policy? And you know what Intercom will have to say? Because we know for a fact this is true. They didn't have a social media policy. They didn't have a social media policy at Intercom. They didn't have a social media policy at Intercom. I could not have possibly violated their social media policy because they didn't have one. In fact, everybody was joking before this, These before actually they made the decision. They said, oh, maybe we ought to... Um, Maybe we ought to actually ha- come up with one after all this. Yeah, maybe you could have. Then, then, then you'd have. Then you'd actually would have cause. Then, of course, there's the other thing, and this is all documented and provable. And they'll say, "Yeah, well, we fired him because Sinclair did." You can only hope and pray they say that, because in my contract, there's not a clause that says if Sinclair fires me than Entercom can or MS can. And Sinclair made a very easy decision because the bottom line is we have uh, – uh, we, we, the, the, the Almond report would have been gone as of June anyway. I would have been actually – wouldn't, there wouldn't be an Almond report now regardless of what happened because it was going away anyway. So it was an easy decision for them. But nonetheless, so, so what are they going to do? We'll see. We'll see. I'm sorry I went on a tangent there, uh, but I, it all came out because of the because uh, David Hogg was back in the news with this uh, NRA rally, the gun control activists on Saturday, and they well, first of all, David Hogg was there and he was surrounded by armed guards, got people with guns, and uh, again, hey Kim Paris, what's going on, everybody? Uh, Kim Paris and I had a great conversation yesterday. We go way, way back as old school journalism friends, and Kim was a huge, huge part of the uh, Tea Party movement and is one of the reasons why we have President Trump right now. And I'm convinced there are a lot of people in the Tea Party who paved the way for the election of President Trump, even though there were some people in the Tea Party who uh, still, for whatever reason, decided they were going to you know, attack President Trump. But nonetheless, Kim Paris was there from the very beginning. She's got a new business, by the way, and it is uh, American-made glass pipes. Anyway, I'm going to talk to you about that in a little bit. But Kim's going to come on with me next week. I think next Tuesday, right, Kim? I'm going to hold you to it, okay? So anyway, David Hogg had uh, armed guards with him. And I, to tell you the truth, I don't blame him. I mean, I, I really uh, – welcome to the welcome to the club, David. Welcome to welcome to the club of individuals realizing that you know guns actually do somehow do work. Guns actually do work to protect people. They do have a value when it comes to protecting individuals. It's good to have a gun. And David Hogg recognizes that. And I think he would explain to you, well, I'm really not trying to take everybody's guns away. I'm trying to have reasonable restrictions on weapons and blah, blah, blah. That's been an age-old argument. I get it. But it is interesting that uh, Mr. Hogg 
had a team of individuals with a uh, bunch of bunch of guns. But you know what? I would too. Anyway, it's interesting. They interviewed some of the people who were there. The National Organization for Change planning to march in front of NRA headquarters, and they put together a myriad of demands on people, on you, okay? Yes, compare us on the sunny side of the street. On the sunny side of the street. Come on, people. Hello, Father Tom. Hi, everybody. Talked to somebody yesterday who uh, also, uh, they love the stream. And I hope you guys can tell people, please, that, I mean, it's amazing how there are still some people out there who don't know that I'm still alive and kicking here on the radio. So make sure you let everybody know that the Radio Free Allman app is out there. So uh, they've decided that they were going to make a few demands. And one of those demands is to ban fully, fully semi-automatic guns. Now, uh, <laughs> um, you guys know the what's funny about this, right? The, the fully, fully semi-automatic guns. There's really no such thing as a fully semi-automatic. I mean, they 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 just love to use this kind of terminology. Like, yeah, it's a fully semi-automatic. It makes it sound more dangerous. I mean, they're they're fully automatic, or which are already restricted, or or semi-automatic, but fully semi-automatic. <laughs> So they, uh, this is all about going after Republicans. You want to hear what they had to say? Here. I'm Linda, and I agree with banning fully semi-automatic guns. Definitely. <laughs> What's a AR-15? Fully semi-automatic gun. <laughs> From my understanding, anything that has automatic loading and refiring is something that can kill more people more quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to work my way through this. Hold on a second here. Let me see what what, what uh, old girl has to say here. I think they asked her what an AR-15 is. Yeah, here. What's an AR-15? From my understanding, anything that has automatic loading and refiring is something that can kill more people more quickly. <laughs> There's this chick behind her, too, with these glasses on. She's like, yeah, that's right. They don't even... <laughs> I think it separates the, the capacity, how much damage you can do, and how fast. Exactly. So it's your ammunition uh, that separates and makes a semi-automatic automatic. What? <laughs> let me just hear her. Let me hear her wax poetically on this. Hold on, let me see if I can. I, I, I'm trying to work my way through her uh, her groundbreaking statement here. Huh? So this is. Capacity. I think it separates the, the capacity, how much damage you can do, and how fast. Exactly. So it's your ammunition uh, that separates and makes a semi-automatic automatic. automatic. <laughs> and why? And by the way, why is it that the people when they protest, they have to pick the ugliest color? Of shirts, you remember all the SIUE thugs out there that used to protest in storm town halls. Remember, they wore those. They 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 all had those really ugly ass yellow shirts, and now that these people are wearing orange ones, 
I guess, hey, listen, it stands out. Yeah, so does that stupidity. When you get into a car crash, are you going to blame the car? Probably not. What is a bump stock? Oh man, dude, you're really asking. Okay, so, so, so let's go on to the next one. Dude, what's matter with your bucket? Don't don't ask me what a bump stock is. How dare you? Yeah, what's the matter with your biology? Was the uh, answer the woman who was challenged regarding uh, would you if somebody was over by a car, are you just going to blame the car? Which is a really valid question. But anyway, they were out there at the uh, in D.C. and they were um, with David Hogg. He was their guy. And there's a picture, actually, of David Hogg with the armed guards around him. See, Hogg, what he did was he tweeted out a photo of himself. And it was actually a photo that showed him surrounded by these guys that had, that had guns. It was a, it, it, so, so David Hogg even acknowledges, I guess indirectly or so, that – he needs to have some protection. You know what? I don't want anything bad to happen to David Hogg, especially, you know, I don't want him to be attacked or physically attacked or anything else. But uh, I do have to tell you that, that I'm glad he's finally admitting that guns do work in terms of protection, everything else, which is why we have them. Now, again, I will argue that the second amendment isn't there so that we can be protected by, from thugs, it's there so we can be protected by our government. But that's a longer story. See what happened also over the weekend. The This is interesting how this story was presented. This is a European news organization. And are you all aware of the Patriot Prayer Group out there? The Patriot Prayer Group, these guys – have some balls. I love these guys because they get out there and they will just be in the faces of these Antifa thugs. And this happened in Portland, Oregon. And keep in mind the way that this all goes down, and and these are people who are trying to uh, have some impact in the, the midterm elections and that kind of thing. So the Patriot Prayer Group gets together, and they automatically know Antifa is going to show up. But I want you to pay attention to how this is how this is portrayed in by the Europeans and the words they use to describe the Patriot Prayer Group and Antifa. All right, and 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 and. Can you decide which side the Europeans are on here? Check it out. I'll, I'll give you an example here. Scuffles broke out as scores of right-wing and anti-fascist protesters squared off in Portland, Oregon. All right. So if you can get past the whatever that is. Off in Portland, Oregon. He called the Patriot Prayer Group right-wing, Right. And the Antifa people are anti-fascists. So, of course, now, <laughs> uh, I guess when you're anti-fascist, that, may, that, is, that is what Antifa basically means. But don't you think when you're reporting on a story and you're talking about right-wing groups squaring off with anti-fascist groups, aren't you automatically implying that the right-wing group is the wrong one and the good guys are the anti-fascist group? When in fact, 
the Antifa guys basically invaded this Patriot prayer group demonstration and surrounded these people and threw stuff at them and everything else. And yet they're described in this report as the anti-fascists. And who could not agree with an anti-fascist, right? Right. Riot police tried to keep the two sides apart as protesters chanted and hurled insults at one another. Among the right-wing marchers, some of whom wore body armor and carried shields, were members of the Patriot Prayer Group. Yeah, and when you're a member of the Patriot Prayer Group and you're marching, you're damn right you're going to have shields. You know why you have shields? Because the left-wing thugs are going to throw crap at you and throw bottles at you, which is what they do. That's why you're going to have shields and helmets and body armor, of course. Founded by Joey Gibson. The conservative Republican is running for the U.S. Senate in November's midterm elections. They were opposed by counter-protesters, some of them dressed in black with face masks. Let me ask you this. You come out to demonstrate. This is a political rally. Keep in mind, okay? This is a rally for a U.S. Senate candidate. This is the Patriot Prayer Group in the United States of America. Holding a rally for a U.S. Senate candidate. Now, how many countries do you know and how many places that you could call America would a demonstration or a rally for a candidate bring out people wearing face masks and wearing black and having their faces covered. What country are we in and how is that making any sense at all? Let's put it this way. Let's say that a a Democrat had a rally in support of one of their candidates. Let's just uh, throw it out there. Let's say uh, there was a rally for Wesley Bell for prosecuting attorney, which I think is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Anyway, Wesley Bell for prosecuting attorney, and they have a rally for him. Now, how far do you think conservatives would get? They'd never do this, but let's just for the sake of argument pretend that this would happen. So they have a rally for Wesley Bell and others, and then out come us, right, you and me. And we decide we're going to go and attend the rally. We're going we're gonna to demonstrate against the rally for a candidate, right? And we're going to do so by wearing face masks and, and, and covering our faces and wearing all black. How, how do you think that would go over? And how is it that in America you're having a – political rally for somebody and you're suddenly under siege by a bunch of thugs how does it how how is that possible that that's an excusable way for americans to comport themselves and how isn't it an outrage and 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 let's just pretend that you guys did that let's let's pretend that there was a rally i'll go back since since comparison i talked yesterday and reminded me of the heyday of the tea party days Let's just say that there was a rally for a candidate and the Tea Party people showed up, and sometimes we did, sometimes other people did show up to to demonstrate. Like if Obama would appear, the Tea Party people would be out there with signs and things. But how far do you think they'd get if they were people out there who wore face masks 
and, and, and covered their faces and wore all black. How do you think that would go over? We would be looked upon as terrorists, wouldn't we? And by the way, it didn't, that didn't even happen with the Tea Party, and they were still called terrorists just for the fact that they were demonstrating. But yeah, listen to – this is Portland, Oregon, although Portland, Oregon, I wouldn't exactly say is a slice of Americana, but listen to these guys. They were opposed by counter-protesters, some of them dressed in black with face masks who shouted anti-Nazi slogans. These are people who are supporting a U.S. Senate candidate. And these people come out. One of them had a is – a, is that a Mexican flag? Is that a, that's a, like a, a, the flag of Mexico. And w- one person with a Mexico flag, the other person with the, uh, the rainbow color flags, the, the LGBT flag. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the, uh, gays and Mexicans all really appreciate uh, this kind of thuggery, and, and these people representing them. I mean, uh, most of the gays you all know aren't going to come out and try to shout down somebody who was holding a demonstration on behalf of a candidate. It'd be different if you were holding a demonstration where you were opposed to something that had to do with gay people. But if you're just simply out there demo- exercising your right to support a candidate in the United States of America, most people wouldn't just go out and start screaming at you. Most Americans wouldn't, but these people did. Eventually dispersed the downtown area. Keep in mind, tear gas and everything else dispersed. Keep in mind, this is, this is all because a one group wanted to, wanted to support a candidate for U.S. Senate. That's the world we live in, or at least that's the world they're living in in Portland, Oregon. And it's always going to be uh, that if, you, if, you, if you're Republican or you're conservative and you support somebody, you're right wing, as it was reported here by the Euro people. And if you are demonstrating against them, then you're anti-fascist as opposed to being left wing. That's the world we live in, people. Yes, indeed. So Kaysen's going to be coming in soon, and then I am going to be uh, talking to uh, Jim Hoft here in just a second. Going to give him a call. Don't forget, tomorrow, uh, Judge Napolitano is going to be with us, and tomorrow is Election Day. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up. I'm going to get a hold of all the campaigns, and anybody and anyone can call into the show uh, or or at least make – I'll call them on my Skype, and we'll get them on, and so these people can – Talk to us a little bit and make their last minute cases uh, for uh, their candidacies. And we've got a big day coming up tomorrow, Election Day. I don't need to tell you all to get out there and vote. But I will say uh, on our behalf here at Radio Free Elman and all of you who listen to the show and all of you who watch the show on Facebook and everything else, that I think we can safely say that we have done due diligence when it comes to uh, – when it comes to our Senate candidates and what we've been doing out here. I mean, I, I can tell you uh, lock, stock, and barrel that I believe we've done a really good job in terms of just basically vetting all the candidates, talking to all the candidates, allowing all the candidates to have uh, their voice. And I am pleased to say I do believe that we really have, uh, by the time we get here on August 7th, 
I think we have no apologies to make uh, about how we have covered all the bases when it comes to vetting, talking about these candidates. Now, all of you have probably made up your minds already. I I don't blame you if you haven't yet, and you're going to wait until tomorrow morning because I have to tell you, it's one thing to have, you know, oh, I don't know, uh, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. It's one thing to have, you know, that ought to be a pretty obvious call. And people who are undecided over some of these races surprise me. But if you're undecided over this Senate race, you don't surprise me at all. Because to tell you the truth, I I am – would not be surprised if you all are making your decisions at the very last moment here. So when we come back, we'll be uh, chiming in with Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit people. Radio Free Almond. I was walking down the street the other day, trying to distract myself, but then I see your face. Oh, wait, that's someone else. Oh, trying to play a coy, trying to make it disappear. Just like the I gotta kind of talk over this because I don't want to be. They'll kick me off for Selena, won't they? They will. They'll grab me, won't they? You taking this off of Facebook or not? I'll play it on the stream. Yeah. Sorry, people. See if Jimmy Hoff's awake. Hey, Jimmy. Good morning, Jimmy. Good morning this morning. Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, gatewaypundit.com. How you doing, my friend? You ready for the big election tomorrow? Big primary day tomorrow? I will be out there. Yes, you yeah. will. Yes, you will. Hey, listen, I, I, I got a little bit of a weird uh, thing arrangement here because I kind of had the misfortune of having the uh, the jack break off in the hole in my computer, and so I'm having to put a microphone up to the speaker. And so, sorry for the ghetto radio today, but that's just the way it's going to go. I was uh, interested to see what was going on in Portland with the uh, Patriot Prayer Group, but did you see these guys? trying to support a, a candidate. This is people just out there, Jimmy Hoft, stumping for a candidate in the United States of America. And what happens? They get beaten up. They get stuff thrown at them by people who are basically coming out and wearing masks over their face. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was crazy. In fact, Jamie, it wasn't just in Portland, but there was a similar rioting by these leftist Antifa goons in uh, Rhode Island. 
there was another protest yesterday in Berkeley, and Antifa did the same thing. Um, these are violent, violent groups, and uh, it, it's interesting, too, when you read the media reports, Jamie, which tells you how important shows like yours and, and conservative websites are. If you, if you would just read the mainstream media reports, uh, they'll say something like uh, that it was a right-wing protest turned violent. Yes. You know? Um, and they won't uh, until you dig deep into the article where you find out that these are uh, these Antifa goons who are wearing masks and black shirts and uh, are reminiscent of some, you know, thuggery from the 20th century that you'd see in Europe. Um, and they're running around and they have these makeshift weapons. They use bike locks to hit people over the head with bike locks. Um, very violent. And yet... The media continues. This shows you what sad shape our media is in uh, and how, how right President Trump is, because the media will just uh, ignore these things. I mean, they've been doing it since Trump uh, started his run. There's been, uh, you know, violence at conservative events uh, ever since that time. It doesn't matter who's meeting. These leftists will say, well, these are Nazis. We have to go beat their heads in. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's old ladies praying or if it's, uh, you know, a pro-life group or whatever. Uh, but it's uh, so in Portland to th this weekend, it got really violent. Several people, uh, it, it, it turned out that the police were taking on Antifa. There were several arrests. Uh, there were several people who were attacked. We have an exclusive article on Gateway Pundit. Two grandmothers who went to this rally, conservatives, with American flags, they got jumped when they went back to their car in the garage. And... Uh, so, uh, you know, these are, these are complete thugs. The media is covering it up. And it's this, this horrible phenomena that's happening in America today. You know, it's interesting uh, that you, I'm looking at the video even in Berkeley where these guys are smashing a U.S. Marine Corps recruiting office window uh, and smashed several of them. And these are individuals who apparently are just kind of out and about uh, and I, th this looks like it's part of a regimented, uh, regimented act of terror. And I'm talking about since you just named three different places. You mentioned Portland, and you mentioned Berkeley, and another place where these all these people all came out, but for actually different reasons. Even though they were the same people, and this looks like this is an organized terrorist attempt. Absolutely. And uh, they are well organized. Um, you know, Jamie, this morning, our top story, and I'll be, I'm putting up a, a follow-up on this, but uh, our top story today is that uh, Facebook has banned InfoWars, right? Um, they say that InfoWars is hate speech. They, they, uh, well, they'll label some of our articles that way, too. They'll say it's hate speech, um, and it just cannot be tolerated on Facebook, so they'll, they'll shut it down. They've been... Uh, consistently shutting our Facebook uh, page down uh, at Gateway Pundit. They're doing this with several top conservatives, especially the successful ones. But at the same time, they're calling conservatives hate speech and blocking our content. They're allowing these these thugs from Antifa to organize on Facebook. Well, what's so the double standard, again, is unbelievable. Yeah, and, and what's interesting is uh, and right before you came on, I played a uh, a a – European news story about what happened in Portland, and they did exactly what you just said 
they are doing all over mainstream media, and that is saying right-wing protesters squared off against anti-fascist forces. And, of course, at that point, you know, the anti-fascists are the good guys, of course. They're not calling them left-wing or anything of the sort. And they're calling people who come out in support of a conservative candidate a bunch of right-wingers. I mean, I don't understand how the media gets away. And this is not just the European media. The mainstream media do the same thing. I don't understand how they get away with advancing this idea that these Antifa people are in any way, shape, or form good people or have any kind of credibility, and yet they seemingly do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just unbelievable. It's, it, we're, we're moving into a very strange time, Jamie. Um, and again, we've seen these, these sort of tactics uh, under regimes or something you might expect in Venezuela or Cuba today. But the fact that uh, the, these these uh, leftists are organizing, they're beating heads, and at the same time, these tech giants are censoring and banning conservative content. It's, it should it should uh, scare a lot of people in this country. Well, and, and it certainly does not seem in any way, shape, or form American. And, and, and we've already seen what the Twitter folks are doing and what the Facebook people are doing. And that is they're almost, it's almost as if they're working in concert. You've got the Antifa guys who are out there intimidating through violence and through thuggery and through vandalism and everything else. And then you have the, uh, the news people who are advancing a storyline that somehow anybody Republican or conservative or a Trump supporter is a threat to America. And then you have the social media sites which are saying, oh, by the way, we've, uh, we've detected some glitch in the system and uh, we're going to have to now lock things down and figure things out and perhaps uh, change the way we do things. When in fact, that's just a, simply an excuse to try to uh, put down conservative voices on Facebook and on Twitter. It's just, it's, it's all so obvious what's going on here. And yet there's nobody except us right now are voices who are able to expose it because you're not going to get any help from any of the other mainstream media types on this thing. Uh, you're absolutely right. It's uh, And it's disgusting. And anybody who uh, on the left or right who supports this, uh, you know, you really have to scratch your head and think, uh, what are these people thinking? Because, uh, uh, you know, today it, was, today it was InfoWars, and it could have been something they put up eight years ago, right? They don't say that InfoWars is right 99% of the time. They just uh, picked out a couple of uh, crazy articles that might have gone up in the past few years. This morning, when they banned InfoWars on Facebook, uh, they didn't even send InfoWars any information on why they were banned, what it was, what was the, the post that got them in trouble, nothing. They just shut them down. And this is because, at uh, uh, which is unbelievable, at a, a meeting two weeks ago with some uh, Facebook uh, officials, with reporters, by the way, with reporters, they started screaming at Facebook saying, why do you have InfoWars on here? Why do you have Fox News? Why do you allow Fox News on your social media site? So this morning they shut down InfoWars. I'm telling you, Jamie, this is just the beginning. They've already shut down most of our content, conservative uh, publishers. Most of it's gone. The top, the top people who were especially the Trump people, right? If you're a, if you're a never Trumper, your content's still going to be up there. But if you were supportive of Donald Trump, the president of the United States, 
your uh, I'm telling you, your content has been uh, cut way back. They will not allow traffic to your website, and that's what we've seen. So uh, it's uh, it's uh, again, it's it's an. I wake up to this this morning. It seems like it's something new every day where these social media giants or these leftists or these violent Antifa groups are doing something, you know, to uh, to cause some sort of violence or, uh, you know, a hardship against conservatives. And, uh, Jamie, I just think they've declared war and people need to wake up and, and see what's going on. Yeah, I you know it, it, it's it's scary, it's Orwellian, and yet there are individuals out there who accept it, and, and the reason they accept it is because they simply don't agree with the conservative viewpoint. So, uh, scarily enough, what we have is not only the corporate cowards in the formulation of Facebook, or for that matter, the individuals who own 97.1. These individuals are cowards, and they're easily moved by the left-wing mob. But then you have other who would otherwise be decent Americans who are looking the other way selfishly because they simply don't agree. They They didn't vote for Trump. They don't want Trump as president, and they voted for Hillary Clinton and will sacrifice their own uh, American integrity by allowing and uh, by standing on the sidelines and watching all of us get uh, beaten, uh, get censored, or whatever it happens to be, and they're more than happy to have that happen. And those are the people I fear the most are the ones who are keeping silent over all this, not the ones necessarily who are paving the way and and basically giving these people a leg up but the people who are remaining silent they are the scary ones because you know we you all know what happened uh when we saw people who were crazy and dictatorial and uh who tried to quiet other voices we all know what happened when people stood on the sidelines and decided they were going to say nothing yeah, absolutely and uh shame on the rest of american public uh who don't even know this is going on, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. And what these, these, uh, the leftists doing today at the same time that they're banning, you know, any articles that talk about leftist violence that talk about this explosion of leftist violence, by the way, or anything else, um, they're, they're shut down or yeah. they're harassed or people are beat up in the street. So, uh, I don't know what's what's going to happen, but uh, this isn't a good sign. You see people like you lose your jobs. You see Alex Jones today, um, who you know Alex Jones is just a he's just the first one to go. That what what was shocking, like I just told you, the fact that these leftists would go to a Facebook meeting with officials and complain about Alex Jones is one thing, but when they complain about Fox News, oh yeah, that's telling you that they want everyone on the right gone because no. Fox News is of course. The largest uh, news channel on cable news, um, the, such an influencer, and the only one who are going to say anything positive about conservatives are Donald Trump. So, uh, you know, these people are out of control, and uh, we're, we're, we're at a war whether we want to admit it or not, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I think this, as soon as people wake up, the better. Well, and we're going to have to ultimately make it – um, a sort of insurgency on our own and because what's happening is, and, and I've talked to Doug Giles about this and, and Will tomorrow, 
What's happening is uh, we're having to create these other platforms uh, and, and having to create platforms that are that are going around platforms like Twitter and Facebook and and even for that matter the streams because uh, now thankfully my show uh, still uh, you can still check me out on Facebook and everything else but uh, who knows what ultimately is going to happen. Uh, eventually to, to a Facebook feed, Radio Free Elman, once they catch on to it, whatever. So uh, Doug Giles and his team, they, they're, they're just going around. They're creating their own platforms, which is kind of what we're going to ultimately have to do to be able to fight this. And, uh, and, and either that or we have people who are basically just uh, ignoring uh, the mainstream media altogether. We did that in... 2016, where the media kept telling us, even some people in the conservative media kept telling us, no path to victory. But we knew otherwise, and we just simply went to the polls. So there is going to be this power. But ultimately, though, messaging is important. And right now, they're just trying to silence us. And I'm so glad that you're exposing it on a regular basis. I uh, was very amused also when it comes to what Google did the other day. And that is declare that the German-flavored Hillary Clinton is now the leader of the free world, Angela Merkel. How'd they come to that conclusion, my friend? Yeah, is that something else? I mean, uh, tell us how much you hate Donald Trump. That should have been the uh, the headline of the story. But, uh, yeah, the fact that they're saying uh, Merkel, who's really done a number on uh, Europe, by the way, uh, that she's the free the person who's leading the free world. What a joke! I mean, um, Trump has done so much for the West already in a year and a half. He's done so much for the American economy and for Americans, and uh, that's despite what the media reports. Uh, for for Google to do this, and we've seen some other uh, very questionable decisions made at, at Google, like that the fact that they're working with the communist Chinese on how to control content in China, and yet at the same time, they won't allow, uh, they're not, they, they uh, stop their contracts with uh, some defense uh, organizations, U.S. defense uh, uh, department, uh, whatever uh, joint ventures they had. So uh, it's, it's uh, again, the tech giants are out of control. They're yeah. Just, they're just, uh, and, and too that, much is going on here. Well, and, and that's even scarier. So we have, uh, we have the more obvious uh, violence being meted out by the. And let, let's stack it up here, Jimmy. We got the we have the obvious violence uh, meted out by left wing terrorists known as Antifa out there on the streets, breaking windows, harassing people who are attending rallies and that kind of thing. We have that level there. We have a uh, a, a news media that is more than happy to report on this kind of stuff and do it in an imbalanced fashion by making actually the conservatives the bad guys. We have uh, the social media outlets, which are attempting to control the messaging and indeed even, for that matter, uh, make sure that what happened in 2016 doesn't happen again in 18 and 20. And then we have the search uh, engines like Google, for instance. And Google can manipulate pretty much anything in terms of, let's say you're looking for some information on a candidate or you're looking for information on a particular issue. If Google wants to, they can basically make sure that you don't see 
any balanced information. They can tr- people forget that Google is not simply an or uh, an organic kind of search engine. There are people behind everything you see on Google. Correct? Uh, absolutely. And uh, you know, I've se- I've seen that myself, and I get uh, emails from people who say, uh, "Yeah, I used to look up Gateway Pundit on Google. It would be about the third or fourth." Uh, you know, option down when I typed in gateway and they say today I have to go back about four pages before I find gateway pundit. So this is what Google's doing too. It's not an accident. Um, another thing that's very interesting, Jamie, and that is that Wikipedia now is using, Google is using Wikipedia, which is, uh, you know, there's uh, encyclopedia online yeah. that's run by leftists, by the way, and uh, edited by leftists. And so, uh, it, that's how they're describing you online. So if you look up any conservative, you're going to find uh, generally uh, quite a bit of filth, you know, describing who they are um, or calling them, you know, far right or uh, fake news or something like that. Our, our uh, Gateway Pundit page on Wikipedia was just littered with complete filth after the election and uh, we've tried to uh, clean it out, but then you have these leftist editors who uh, won't, won't, uh, you know, won't even allow you to go back and put in, uh, you know, other articles, some good things you might have done. This is happening to conservatives all over the place. In fact, this weekend, this crazy woman that the New York Times just hired, who's a complete racist, um, has numerous, you know, you can't even count the times she's attacked white people in very racist ways. Um, uh, Wikipedia did not allow uh, people to go in and put the, the, it, it, this controversy down. It's, it's the biggest controversy in her life. It's the only time we've ever heard of this person, most Americans. And yet Wikipedia would not allow that to be mentioned on her page. So this is the kind of uh, censorship. This is a kind of control these uh, leftist tech giants want over our lives. And uh, I hope that Congress acts. Because this is going to have a, as you said, this has this has a strong influence on people and how they make decisions. If you don't have the information, you know, you're not going to make the right decision. Yeah. Now, how how is it that? Uh, and before I let you go here, and, and thanks for all the time you've given me today. How is it that 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 con- what what can Congress do? Because you know, those of us who are kind of of the of the small government type uh, sometimes are wary of Congress getting involved in anything. But nonetheless, there are some things. I mean, this is this is these are regulated uh, types of airwaves and everything else. So, what can Congress do to make to, to protect right. uh, common sense and decency? Well, again, something needs to be done. I think uh, when you have these tech giants as large as they are, Congress has got involved in the you know several times over our history to crack down on some of these organizations that are a monopoly. And we see this with, you know, with Facebook, with Google, uh, with Twitter. And uh, so uh, there, there's ways I know that they can regulate. I yeah. know uh, this weekend I saw Daryl Issa, who's the head of the Oversight Committee in the House, he said that uh, maybe we need to have the Federal Elections Commission get involved here because what they are doing, Jamie, is that, that this is politicking. You know, if if you're going to put your finger on the scale so far, you know, on on one side, 
this is politics. Of course it is. We know it is. This is all the left, you know, cares about is power and control. And uh, so maybe the FEC needs to step in. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, too, uh, maybe these uh, organizations like Facebook and Twitter, maybe they need to put a – I think somebody should sue them, and they should put up on their site on the front page. They should say, we don't cater to conservatives. You know, so at least you know what you're getting when you go there. That would be honest, because right now they're pretending like they're, uh, you know, non-biased and fair. It's a joke. Well, Jim, I think you're onto something there because, and I think you've been able to finesse this uh, with with a conservative angle to it. Because here's the deal, uh, and and people forget that yeah, we are for limited government, but uh, but the Constitution also allows for the federal government's. It's one of the few things that federal government is tasked to do, or at least can do, in, in terms of enumerated powers, is regulate commerce. And on that basis alone. It brought us many of the antitrust suits that took place during the Industrial Revolution and beyond, and, and, and it's not beyond the realm of comprehension that our federal government would ultimately get involved in issues related to monopolies and whether or not these are actually uh, stifling true freedom or uh, benefiting from it. And the fact of the matter is uh, – uh, I do not believe that Google, Facebook, and Twitter are examples of freedom in the way that we normally associate freedom. And and it it, it happened back in the old days when uh, when some of the trust busters uh, came out and and legitimately so uh, broke up monopolies because it was it was an enemy of freedom. And so, uh, in my opinion, we have to obviously tread very carefully on this subject and be very careful with uh, who we assign the powers to uh, regulate to. Uh, but, but right now, Congress clearly has the right uh, to, uh, to regulate monopolies and to, and to bust them off if need be. Absolutely. I think so. Something has to be done. I mean, these... Conservatives can sit back and say, well, just start another platform, this and that. And that's, you know, those are good ideas. Those things have to happen. But in the meantime, uh, guys, uh, they're, they're losing all their uh, supporters online. And, they're, you know, it, it does make a difference if people have the facts or not. So uh, I hope that they take some action or they're going to find uh, that there won't be any conservatives left. You know, and this is exactly what the left wants. We see um, the left, of course, with their political uh, correctness and all that other nonsense. Uh, they, they, this is how they control people, and they also control people now with uh, Facebook and Twitter and uh, Wikipedia and Google and uh, YouTube and all of these ways that they can stifle conservative content. We have freedom of speech in this country, and I hope uh, some people start taking that seriously. Well, I think you can make the argument that what we're currently seeing on Facebook, on Twitter, with Google is certainly not freedom of speech. It, Absolutely, it, it certainly yep. is. It, they certainly are not following through on their required commitment to our First Amendment. And again, do I have the right to be on Facebook? No, I. I you know, if Facebook doesn't want me on there, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pretend that I have the right to be there or to be on Twitter or whatever. These are private companies and they have every right to dictate what they're doing. But the fact of the matter is that they are the only game in town. It changes the story dramatically and, and it changes the dynamic 
dramatically. And if Google and all these other guys, the minute something comes up, they go ahead and buy it and consume it and take it over and close it. Uh, that's not true freedom. Right. And, and, and the government's tasked with defending that for sure. And Jim, whatever happened, by the way, I re- remember a while back there was somebody tried to start a conservative Twitter. Remember that? Right. Gab. Yeah. Whatever happened with Gab that? Was the name of it. Yeah. I, I think they're still going through a, maybe a legal process or some funding phase or something. I, uh, you know, I think if Donald Trump would try Gab for a week, it would probably destroy Twitter's, you know, uh, presence. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, it would be very hurtful for the company. Um, I, I noticed myself. We believe that Donald Trump's accounts even being uh, censored and shadow banned on Twitter. Uh, so um, it would be an interesting. Uh, uh, test if he just left uh, to go to Gap for a week just to see uh, what these um, you know uh, liberals at uh, Twitter are doing to his account. Um, so I, I yeah I hope uh, something takes off. And Jamie, we know something well because always you know the way tech is moving, there's new people that come in all the time. Um, so I look forward to that day. I just hope uh, you know it's not too late for conservatives. Isn't that the truth, though? If President Trump would just simply say, hey, I'm going over here, I'll be over here, and that's the sum total of his communication on social media, it would probably it would be great. I think you'd have so many people joining it uh, and, and being part of it. I think oh, that's, absolutely. that's a good idea, buddy. Really good idea. Yeah. All right, Jimmy. Good well, as always, great talking to you. I appreciate your time, and thanks so much for covering – well, for instance, let's put it this way. I knew about the situation in Portland, but the other two places with Antifa, I didn't know, and no one would if they didn't go to thegatewaypundit.com. I mean, because that's where you're getting the, uh, the, the B-side to what's really going on in our country today, and I'm so glad that you're uh, giving all the attention it needs. So thank you, brother. Thank you, Jamie. Right, Take that's, care. That's uh, Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, the GatewayPundit.com. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool if, if the president decided he was just going to go uh, to, to this other platform and just simply closed his Twitter account and went someplace else? I guarantee you that would, uh, that would definitely be uh, a, a move. Although, you know what, sometimes people are really afraid just to, to, to go there. They don't, they don't know anything else, and so uh, I'm sure President Trump uh, would have to tread cautiously on that. But if I were him, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely doing that for sure. Yeah, people. Yes. Light up the evening sky. From the Discovery Design Studios, it's Radio Free Almond. So bright the stars don't get a shine. Airplanes and satellites. RadioFreeAlma.com. DiscoveryDesignInc.com. We have all of our brand new colors and everything else with the tanks. Beautiful colors. Forest green. Military green. White. Coming up, Mark Cation's going to be in just a little bit. Also, St. Louis Post-Dispatch reporting on all the closures because of this uh, PGA tournament going on this week. You all going to go out to Belle Reve and watch some golf, are you? Okay. 
Check it out. Follow up on that. And also, I don't know whether you noticed this or not, but there was something that happened at a Home Depot that I found on uh, on LiveLeak. And now apparently it's so easy to try to fake this idea that somebody's racially profiling you. And this guy tried it at a Home Depot. And it didn't go over very well for him. But it's over there on Live League. Also, did you see what happened in Venezuela where they tried to off the guy with a with a drone? You're going to learn how they say drone in Venezuela that's for sure because I've got that on tape too somebody actually took video of the drone itself did I put that up in the comment section yet no I guess I didn't good morning this morning it's Radio Free I'm going to be back in just one second people Good morning this morning. RadioFreeAlman.com is where you can find the app. Download the app. You can find it on uh, Google, the Google App Store before they shut it down, right, people? And also you can find it on uh, Apple's platform, too. Tell people about it. Some people still don't know. Cation's on his way in. We're just going to chat a little bit about the uh, election tomorrow. Are you? Uh, is it bad that I didn't have? I should have have her on Noga. I, I guess in fairness, I should try to get her on at some. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. I've been told that she's. It's kind of like a fraudulent campaign, but I'm not the one who should, ought to be determining that. Correct, people. Give 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 everybody a chance, right? What do you guys think of all that? By the way. interesting during that music break a lot of uh, people drop off i don't know whether you guys just think i'm going away for a long time or what do you think about all that by the way uh, thank you to matthew mitchell and the matthew mitchell all-state agency we're gonna let you guys know that matthew is my home life and auto guy 
And for all of your home life and auto needs, it's Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell All Estate Agency. 855-QUOTE-ME is where you can pick him up. He's got the lowest rates you're going to find, and he can make things happen for you uh, no matter what. All right, so uh, Ted Cruz, tomorrow is a, a big day for him as well. And he's, although I think he's pretty, pretty much a foregone conclusion he's going to have the Republican nomination, but He's got a new ad out, and there are some individuals who are, even conservatives, who are criticizing him about his, uh, his new ad. And I don't know whether you've heard about it or not, but here it is. When disaster struck, Texans came together, helping each other, everyone doing their part. Like Ted Cruz, who brought home billions in disaster relief and passed emergency tax relief for those hit by Hurricane Harvey. No official, state or federal, has been more involved in the recovery of Galveston County than Senator Ted Cruz. When the hurricane hit, you stood up for Texas. And Ted Cruz stood up for you. I'm Ted Cruz, and I approve this message. So, uh, first of all, uh, I, sorry. <laughs> when does that? I, I want to let you know that I'm a, I am like Ted Cruz. I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm not – I've have long gotten over – the contentious primary. Uh, yeah, Margaret says she likes Noga. Should have her on. All right, I'll get her on. I, I, I don't. I, again, I don't, I'm not. I'm not responsible. I'm not the one. I'm not, I shouldn't be in charge with deciding who gets a, a hearing before all of you. Correct. I'm no Caesar. I'm no Pontius Pilate of the radio. I'm going to get everybody out in front of you. So, yeah, no, I'll get a hold of her guy, and uh, they'll get to pop in tomorrow morning. Why not? Right? Why not? All right, so, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, you know, it's not mine to determine the viability of someone's candidacy. Let's have them on, talk to them, ask them questions, and then we'll get right down to it. Anyway, so I, I'm long past the Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, all that contention. I, I'm, I'm – I'm, uh, yeah, Facebook, you guys are wondering about the Facebook thing. Matt, it's just a buffering thing or something, right? It's like a uh, – he says it's encoding. Because if it were the signal, wouldn't I have a problem with the stream if it were like an internet problem or something? But we're not having any problems with the stream right now. It's, the stream is acting fine. It's just yeah. Facebook being weird. I can't, it's nothing on our side. Yeah. Options, so. It's Obama, people. Obama! So Obama, all the left wingers are that, that they're tinkering, they're tinkering with Facebook now, trying to, trying to shut me down, to quiet my voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About having him on my, I seem to be with Kaysen about having him on my show. What does that mean, baby? What does that mean, Nancy? Uh, be with Kaysen about having him on your show. I don't know what that means. But you can explain it to me because I can see your comments right there on the uh, on the Facebook page. What's going on, Rick Pogue? Rick and Jerry Pogue, Discovery Design. You guys, can you see that in the uh, in the wide shot right there? You see the number right there, Discovery Design Inc. Beautiful place. And Rick Pogue, thanks a ton for uh, for your support of this show. And uh, I, since I'm going to ask you uh, on the air. Because we're about to rebuild a studio. Okay, we're going to have a brand new Radio Free Almond studio here at Gaslight. And we're going to do a studio. And I'm wondering if I could ask you, Jimmy Haney, you're just you and your little potty mouth, Jimmy. 
see a urologist about your stream. You know what, Jimmy? Are you 10? Because I'm 12, so you're making me laugh. All right, so, uh, Rick, I'm going to ask you on the spot here, buddy. We're going to be doing the uh, brand-new Radio Free Almond uh, studio. And... I'm going to hit you up because you know, there's a Rick, uh, aside from discoverydesigninc.com, there's also Arrowhead Building Supply who have been longtime supporters of the Almond brand. Uh, really can't do that in terms of the, uh, in terms of our, uh, right now because uh, it, there's a, it's a part of my contract and I'm not a contract violator. So I can't have Arrowhead's uh, building supply. Uh, you know, right now as advertisers because they're still over at the uh, other station with uh, other shows and things like that, and uh, and that's just how it works. Uh, but Rick's been a longtime supporter of me, Rick and Jerry, and have supported me in the in the uh, Almond brand for a long time now. And just because of intricacies in the contract, I can't have them on this show right now. Um, uh, but believe me, they are their support. They're on other parts of ninety seven one except for the morning uh, on. Principle. That's that's why they said we're not doing the morning there uh, now that almonds off. But they're still doing other parts, and I, I don't blame them because uh, you know there's still some good people over there, and and I, I understand all that. But anyway, they can't really advertise. But I will tell you one thing: I'm trying to get some building supplies to build the studio, and I'm thinking, hmm, who might have some building supplies to build a brand new. Radio Free Almond Studio. Hmm. Do I know any people in the building supply business? Let's see. Oh, yeah. Rick and Jerry Pogue with Arrowhead Building Supply. So uh, maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you up with that, Rick, uh, in just a little bit. And Matt, uh, after the show, I have to record the phone greeting. Can we do that? And you can MP3 it to him? I'm going to record. Uh, so now, now all you guys can do, you can, rec- you can uh, once I get it done, in the next couple of days, they'll have me as the official voice of Arrowhead Building Supply when you call them. I got I to gotta figure out what the script is, but um, uh, but, but it, it, it ought to be pretty cool. I've never done like a phone greeting for a company before. Hi, you've reached Arrowhead Building Supply for all of your building supply needs. For Rick Pogue, press 1. For Jerry Pogue, press 2. For a roof, press 3. For siding, press 4. I don't know. Is that kind of how it's going to be? Or you guys don't, do you guys do the number thing there, Rick? Anyway, very, very good company and appreciate you guys a, a ton. Somebody asked also uh, on the stream, you, you guys see, I'm very, uh, you guys distract me. You guys how easily I'm distracted? I start on something and then I'm babbling on about a billion other things like that. Is that okay? I hope it is. I hope it's not frustrating to all of you. But sometimes I just, uh, uh, I get sidetracked and I go on and on. Is that frustrating? To, if it's if you don't have problem is if you're on a time crunch and you got to get someplace, you're like, dude, you mentioned cruise and now suddenly you're on to something else. One more quick thing, uh, Jim points out is wondering, or was it somebody else wondering why on the stream, for instance, on our app, we're doing CNN's news. And to tell you the truth, it was just an app that we uh, picked up. And I think as part of the app company or the people who do it, CNN has their news on it. And I guess the good thing is that everything you're seeing on CNN, uh, oh, yeah, Rick says you get a person always. Okay, cool. Fantastic. At Arrowhead. I figured out, I, th- I thought that was the case. 
So I, I, I know you get a person always. That's, that's what it is. I, I thought that was the case. I didn't think it was a press one or press two operation over there at Arrowhead. That's kind of one of their, uh, their gems. Because if, if you're a business and you call Arrowhead Building Supply, the last thing you need to do is be, get caught up in a bunch of phone trees. I bet, you, I bet you also there's another thing that's not happening. And that is uh, para espanol, blah, 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 blah. We won't be hearing that on the uh, on my voice thing either, I don't think. Look at the script. Anyway, so they're wondering why CNN is on there. And, and it's true that, that it's part of the app. It's when you buy these apps and when you, when you get on and you subscribe, it comes with it. I, think, I don't know whether there's a way to shut it off, but here's the deal. Just imagine this. Everything you're reading, scrolling there, I refute. So – it's just a, it just gives it gives you balance. Uh, CNN says one thing. I'm saying the exact opposite, uh, and uh, you can decide what the truth is. Isn't it fantastic? It's a, it's an open uh, open way there. All right, so back to Ted Cruz. So I'm well past this whole thing with Cruz and Trump and all that kind of thing. I don't hold grudges on the, along those lines, although other people might. Uh, who were Cruz supporters are still kind of – some of them are still the never-Trumper types and are still butthurt over the election. But Ted Cruz has moved on. He's been a very able uh, U.S. senator, always has been, and has been very supportive of President Trump, except on the matter, for instance, of this uh, $1.3 trillion spending bill, which uh, Senator Cruz described as a monstrosity. Now – you just heard that commercial for Ted Cruz, his ad, and he talked about how great he was in helping the victims of Hurricane Harvey. And in fact, had a guy out there saying that that in fact he was very helpful. But there is a piece in the Dallas Morning News, and the guys over at Hot Air which basically is, is, was so supportive of Cruz at the time, even point this out. They say uh, Ted Cruz voted against the $1.3 trillion spending bill to fund the government last month. He claimed it was a monstrosity. But what Cruz didn't say and got away with scot-free at the time because the bill passed was that by voting against the bill, he voted against all kinds of things Texans need and want. Now, is that a criticism of Ted Cruz, or is that just further proof that he is more principled, that he's not going to be tricked into voting for a bill if it includes little pieces of candy for his constituents that he could easily use to his advantage in in convincing them that he was helping them, but throwing the country under the bus in the process with a $1.3 trillion spending bill, which is not fiscally responsible and wasn't. And it's the one thing that when all the Missouri Senate candidates were asked about it, it's the one thing that they disagreed with President Trump on, not to end a sentence in the preposition, but I didn't. It's the one thing they said they disagree with Trump about, and that is that he signed the spending bill. So it's not crazy to be against this $1.3 billion spending bill. And certainly Senator Cruz should know, uh, should get get at least credit for voting against it. And I don't believe it's short-sighted at all. And, And whose fault is it 
that help for some victims of Hurricane Harvey was was stuffed into a larger bill. Who's who's the crass individual on that end? Is it the people who put together the bill basically holding help for Harvey victims hostage to a yes vote? Or is it the people who worked outside of it still to get the job done for Hurricane Harvey victims? And I would say that Ted Cruz is the one who is most principled on this level. And I think the people who stuffed help for hurricane victims into a spending bill saying, if you don't vote for this bill, the hurricane victims aren't going to get any help. Those are the people who I have grievances about. Those are the people who I most mistrust are the people who will utilize the fortunes and use the fortunes of hurricane victims to reach a different goal. And that is the spending bill. So you're going to hear some criticism about Ted Cruz, but I don't believe in this case it's warranted over his hurricane deal. So, uh, by the way, guess who's guess who's coming to dinner? I'm going to have Cason in here pre-election time. Going to ask him about the. Progressive Democrat city leadership, not in St. Louis, but but in Chicago. Did you know that 63 people were shot over the weekend? 63 people were shot over the weekend. 63. 10 of them dead. Which would tell you maybe that there are a lot of bad shots in Chicago, but nonetheless, 63 people shot, 10 dead in one weekend. Let me ask you this. If 10 people were shot at a school, would that be the number one news story? Or what? If 10 people died in a small plane crash where do you think that story would be number one story wouldn't it well maybe not number one but you know what I'm saying but once again they are sacrificing black person after black person after black person to the progressive democrat gods Chicago, no exception. Scott Stevenson points out that four people were shot, two dead in Ferguson over the weekend. Oh, I missed that story. Sorry, I was too busy looking at anniversaries of the Michael Brown protests or whatever, huh? Yeah, Chicago, in certain areas, definitely becoming like hell there, Nancy. We'll take a break here real quick. We'll be back. We're in the Discovery Design Studios, discoverydesigninc.com. And thank you, by the way, to Santino Cigars and Cocktails. Appreciate you guys down there off of uh, Vogel Road in Arnold. And also, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, to... To... What is that? Oh, this song just popped up out of here. Oh, goodness, goodness gracious. Sorry. It's my kids songs 
Yeah, Satino Cigars and Cocktails right there, Vogel Road and Arnold. And also don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, about Mattress King. Chris Kahneman's waiting for you to give him a call, but I want you to first go to One Mattress King on Facebook. Show him some love. Love the page. And then get a beautiful, simple mattress or any other kind of mattress from him. The cheapest mattresses you're going to find anywhere in the land. He does it only by appointment. So his overhead is low. So his prices are low. The simple mattress since 1961. Plush with bamboo. All right. Slither on in here, Mark Kaysen. Watch Marcasia slither in. How do you uh, how do you move like that so easily on your stomach? It's interesting, huh? And there's no trail. That's interesting too. <laughs> I don't have to know everything. You're a dry snake. <clears throat> Something like that. Or that, either that or you're, uh, you know, you know how to just, things that don't leave a, a trail, something up with them, there's something mysterious about them. It's like if you look in the mirror and don't see yourself, you know what I'm saying? You just don't have a soul. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> you finally hit something. Was there a lot of traffic out there today? Yeah. Speaking, you Okay. Uh, oh, good. Look yeah, at you. Nothing here. Turning the, what? Nothing here yet. What do you mean? You can't hear anything in there? No. In your headphones? Uh-uh. Oh. You know what? They're not plugged in. The, the, the things aren't plugged in. Look at me. I'm a... I'm a... I'm a... I'm a... <laughs> I'm a... I'm a uh, an engineer. On a train, I went to college and still know that you can put. Yeah, you got to plug things plugged in. in. Yeah. I know. I even went to school. And what's funnier is that you had it turned all the way up because you couldn't hear anything. Right, and they weren't plugged in. So Matt comes in, plugs them in, and blows your blows your ears right out. Yeah, my ears were blown out years ago by um, a guy who used to play Inagata De Vita in the car on the way to school. Oh, full, full blast! So. Yeah, that destroyed me. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought your ears were blown out by uh, holding all that smoke in after that big hit you took. No, oh, you're so funny. <sighs> oh, no, you didn't do that. Don't did do, do drugs. Do, did you do drugs in, ne- in school? Never. Really? Never. And in you fact, didn't even smoke weed or no, anything. No. And the funny part about it is, is that the places where I went and the way I looked. It really upset people that I wasn't partaking because they thought I might be an FBI agent. <laughs> no, they did. <laughs> they did. They did. That's the truth. That's honest. Yeah. And, and why do you think they thought you were like an undercover cop? Because what, what I you... wasn't smoking or using the drugs. You're kind of a boring hippie, though, not doing any anything. I had that women. You know, women. Yeah, you know, you know, my, my friend Jim Berger. 
yeah. his his dad always said there are three things that can kill you: gambling, uh, uh, drugs, women. Any one of those three can get you. If you have two of the three, you might as well forget it. I see. So I only had one. I thought you hated. I thought you thought the white male was the most. Uh, uh, yeah, you were talking about that on the way in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no question. White people are. But that's extremely problematic. Right, but that's not. But that was that. But that. But even if you go way back, that's not on your list of three. No, no, no. I'm talking about the three vices that you can have. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I can't help being white. Well, no, okay, so you said, oh, I didn't know that you said vices. I thought you said three things that could kill you. Yeah, well, vices. Um, I, when I was in school, I, I did, um, well, I did smoke marijuana uh, in school. Uh, I did that in high school, but I didn't do a lot of it in college. I didn't really like it. I just, somehow I just decided, but when I was in college, though, uh, people, People moved on. You know, Amy, I think that's sexist too. When he when he described women as vices, I was about to call you on that, and Amy just did did that for me. When you say women are vi- like you act like women are vices, like you compared women to marijuana and drugs. There you go. Okay, I have no problem. I'm not, <laughs> okay. All right, I'm not trying to hide anything. So no, I did uh, I did pot in high school, and but then when I went to college. There were people, people had moved on beyond pot in college. Like they were doing cocaine, a lot of cocaine. I never did that. Well, the, um, the other thing is you don't know what's in any of those things that are given to you. Uh, that was always my problem. If somebody gives you a bag of, of some kind of drug and says, oh, try this, how do you know what it is? Well, yeah, right. I know, but it's but, not like but, the FDA is checking it. But you know what cocaine is, and so I, I never did that because I knew I knew that um, people. I remember. My, I'll never forget my dad one time. The biggest warning he ever gave me when I was a kid about drugs, and he said, uh, "If you continue to do, if you keep, if you do drugs, you're going to wind up making broomsticks." <laughs> Okay. Like, like you know, he he's going to be so stupid and numb <laughs> that your that your job would be manning a lathe right. that makes broomsticks. Right. But anyway, so I I never I that's one thing I never forgot though was when he said that to me. Anyway, so I did pot, but then I went to school and they were um, they were doing a lot of cocaine. It was in Wisconsin, so I had a lot of these rich kids from Chicago up there doing uh, coke, and then a lot of people doing acid, like. Window like LSD. Absolutely, I knew many people who did, and in radio, I knew a lot of people who did cocaine. I, yeah, I don't know and then, why. And then they, then mushrooms. Now sure. uh, there were a lot of people who did psychedelic mushrooms, and sure. I have to tell you, um, <laughs> Emily, can you imagine Jamie on coke? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I did. I was too. I was too much of a uh, a wimp to do that. I mean, I, I'll I'll drink. Yeah, under the table. But I was too much of a wimp to do uh, the, the Coke and the LSD, the mushrooms. One time, I will have to admit, uh, I t- tried mushrooms with this group of people, and they were eating them like by the bag full. They would like make sandwiches out of them, and, and, they, would, and, and, and they would just be out of their minds. And so what I did was I did uh, – I just took a little bit, you know, 
like a, a like a tiny bit. I tricked people into believing I was doing it with them, but I only took like a little bit. I chewed a little bit, and it just so happens it was Halloween in Madison, and Halloween in Madison was crazy. People were going berserko on the streets of Madison on Halloween. It got to the point where they eventually Criscoed the light poles all over Madison so people wouldn't climb them because they'd be climbing light poles and everything else. Sure. But I'll never forget being mildly out of my mind because I just took a little bit, okay? And these were like veteran uh, drug users I was hanging out with. But anyway, they um, they would uh, do um, – I was on the street, and the guy had – there was a guy who was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy who had one of these uh, these uh, chains, like a real chainsaw. But I guess it didn't have like a blade on it, but it had the motor on it. And I, I, I'm telling you, I, I almost lost my mind. I was freaking out over that whole thing, maybe because of the little bit of mushroom I had. I, I can't even figure out what the purpose is of, of the drugs. And I've always – thought when i heard people say oh i got wasted and i think to myself well why is that good yeah then there was another guy there's this big black dude in the crowd and he kept on going get off my leg get off my leg stop touching my leg i was like I, and, and there were like many people all around and i was like i was terrified of that too because i was i was thinking to myself even in my little altered state i was thinking well how can you avoid touching this guy's leg because you're just – you're going in this crowd. And I was like, at least I was having some degree of reason in the middle of that thing. So I pell-melled away from him. But I remember he was going, get off my leg. Anyway. Yeah, I don't understand. You know, my, en- my enjoyment – I mean, I love to go to a baseball game and, and sit around with my articles and read and, 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 and highlight my articles while I'm watching a game. That's fun. Getting wasted? What's that? Wait, you go to a baseball game and highlight your art, uh, articles sure. you're reading? Like sure. with a yellow yeah. Ar- highlighter? Yeah. At the baseball game? Absolutely. Great enjoyment. Nice place. At the game. Re- relaxing. Okay. And people think you're actually keeping score. They might think that. But you're actually I have reading. Kept, I have kept score. That's fun, too. You're people reading, don't do that anymore. You're reading the latest article from I do Karl have. Marx's Think, offspring. Right. Things, and I've given you some. You know. Yeah, you have. Uh, yeah. All right, so uh, yeah, elections tomorrow. You know, how about the first one? Can we talk about uh, the county uh, executive? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I, I was going to talk about Chicago, but I'm, I'm intrigued by your uh, path here. Yeah, um, it's funny that a lot of people who don't like Montavani, yeah, the the thing that they seem to say that they don't like about him is that he supported Eric Greitens. And Donald Trump. No, he didn't support Donald Trump. He, he, that's, but that's not even true. I mean, that's not true. I know Montavani. No, he, he did support Greitens, though. No, he supported Greitens. But, 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 he, but he might not have voted for President Trump, but he wasn't a voracious anti-Trumper as a, even as a Democrat. He's anti-heavily. He's seriously anti-Trump. Well, he's got to say that now, yeah. No, come okay. I like well, him. I, I yeah, like him as a yeah, person. But yeah. Paul Paul Barry, I'm I'm voting for no, Paul I Barry understand. the third. I understand. But the election is tomorrow, and it's between Stenger and uh, Stenger. 
Yeah. Stinger? Stinger. Okay. And 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 um Steve Monav- Stinger. Yeah, and Monavani. That yeah. that's the election tomorrow. And I think Monavani's gonna win that. I think so. And I've heard a lot of people who say no. In fact, uh, Ray Hartman is saying that he th- and Ray Hartman's really against Monavani. I wonder why. I'm not sure about you know. But anyway, I mean Monavani. Well, I think they think he's I think they think he's too conservative. Well, for them. he's not. He is very progressive. Now, the fact that he's see, what does is, that mean? Well, I don't know. What does it mean? I don't know. You guys never know. You he's always very, say progressive. He's very liberal. Okay, whatever that means. You might, why don't you just say angelic? But because you, you're just, it's progressive is just yeah. as much of a falsehood. You know, uh, I'm a angelic Democrat. Yeah, but listen, I, and I never actually said all those things. I don't know if you remember Phil Oaks. You know, back in those days, the the thing was to say, forget, I'm not a liberal. You had to be a radical. Right. Because a liberal was ridiculous, which is probably still true. So, okay, but he wouldn't want to say he's radical, but I, and I wouldn't say he's that either. But he is a business guy who happens to be very liberal on a lot of, of key issues, and he's just, he's very sensible. I like him a lot. He's... He, the fun, and this is the fun. We've talked about this funny thing with Eric Greitens. See, he supported Eric. He did. He the the twenty thousand dollars that they say he gave. He did give. And why wouldn't you? Because Eric supported Obama in '08 and in '12, and was a liberal yeah, all his life. Maybe, but 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 Eric Greitens wasn't campaigning like that. No, no. And let me tell you, Monavani was very upset with what he had done to support Eric because he felt that he, that Eric didn't turn out the way he thought he was going to but, be. But Eric, Eric Greitens didn't say anything but that he was a conservative running. So, so Monavani gave him money. Yeah, did you believe that? Yeah, but, did but, you believe but, but, that? But Monavani didn't give him money because he thought he was a liberal. He could, all he had yes, to do he was, did. He, oh, okay. All he had to do yes, is listen did. to Eric Greitens for 10 minutes, and you'd know that that wasn't the case. Well, so, no, he knew... No, because the people who knew Eric behind the scenes all said that Eric was never comfortable with those things that he was supporting as a Republican. Well, then, then if you're Monavani, then I have to question your integrity. If well, you're you going to com- give somebody money uh, thinking that they're just lying to you, it doesn't make any sense to me. No, I understand what you're saying. What did I always say? Remember how I, how I used to always say that, that Hillary lied? Because Hillary said that she was moderate, and I knew that Hillary was never moderate. Hit. Here's, here's what I think happened, and, and, and I, do, uh, I, do, uh, I do respect Monavani, yeah. uh, I, you know, but the fact of the matter is I think he played it both ways. He gave money to Hillary and money to Eric, knowing he was running in St. Louis County, and he probably figured that the Eric thing was going to work out better. And he knew the Hillary thing was going to – he would cover all of his bases, which I don't blame him for doing. No, but I don't think that's true. I think it was a principled position. Uh, Yeah, I think – how principled is it to say, um, Eric Reitens, I know he's talking about right to work and I know he's talking about lower taxation. I know he's talking about deregulation, but I think he's lying, so here's $25,000. Yeah, well – That doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. Listen, what made sense in that election – Coster was a Republican. Eric was a Democrat. 
Yeah. Okay. Costa used to be a Republican. Well, I look. Okay, so we can say all of that, and 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 I can tell you, and, and they both had a they both had the same hairdresser. Yeah. Well, that's I know a, that. That's another problem. I yeah, I forget that. Yeah. But look, here here's the thing. And uh, did I ever tell you the story about the the meeting with the superintendent of St. Louis Public Schools and Eric Greitens? No, is okay. it just a long one? No, it's short. Okay, good. So I took Eric to to meet. I took uh, uh, the the superintendent to meet Eric, and I mean Eric was so excellent in 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 the way he approached this meeting, and he was he it was phenomenal. Now of course he ended none of the things he wanted to do could could be done because he got blown away and by himself and and the Republican Party, but but the truth is is that Eric had the heart to do the things that he wanted to do. And he was hoping to, you know, be a president. He wanted to be more. Right. You know, but at any rate, um, you know, so so I'm going to say that Monavani has also made some very strong commitments to working with inner city students. And I, I support him completely because I believe that he's going to follow through completely on this and we're going to know after tomorrow if he's elected. And if he's elected, I know this is going to happen. We've talked in detail about what we're going to do. And, and he's going to be a very strong advocate for a lot of things that I believe are important. And the funny part about it from your standpoint is... What's wrong with the black dude? What, who are you talking Paul about? Paul Barry III. You no, like come him? on, come on, come Why on. Why not? He's not even in the race. Yes, he is. No, okay. Wait till He's going to be the Republican nominee. Okay, and you know what the numbers are going to be? I don't know. Well, I'm just saying. You well, know. I'm going to tell you the numbers. He's going to be. He's not even going to be in the race against Monavani in the general election. That's not going to happen. So he has no chance. So, so you, you, you so you think that you think that the uh, West County white dude, when it comes to taking care of people in the inner city and schools, is better than the North County black dude? Well, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. And and don't forget, I'm a West County white guy yeah, oh, myself yes. the worst kind right yeah well, and as far as you're concerned the way yeah look and and i tell all of my liberal friends who say that we're all racist i say no don't say that because we're not you don't have to be now i mean most white people are by far the vast majority but you know i go back to Onion Horton on this. I mean, Onion used to say, if you're not one of the guys, then you're not yeah. one of the guys. Don't, right. don't say you are just because I'm not you're saying white. You, I'm not saying you have to, uh, black people are the only ones who understand inner city stuff, but it's interesting that you, you have a guy who, and, and I do believe Montevani is a good guy. I interviewed him, uh, and, and what happened is I had him on 97.1. It was, the interview went right. great, and right. then uh, he was summarily told never to appear on my show again. I don't think that's quite yeah, true. Yeah, because because they because they didn't because he was rubbing shoulders too much with conservatives. Yeah. Anyway, I so, can tell you that he was he was prepared to come on to the TV show with us. Yes, and he didn't. was he, no no he was he, he was going to. I mean, look what happened. Oh, I know we're not but, there. I know, but we were. Yeah. Oh, he would have been there. But yeah. in fact, they're sorry that all that happened because they were hoping to be part of of that platform as well. They were. I don't know yet yeah, where you got 
all that other story. But no, they weren't afraid of you. Okay, not at all. Well, I, they they seemed to be. It seemed like the minute he like you know was in the studio, they they were like, um, this is a mistake. Get yeah, him out of here. Honestly, I I I, I believe not, and and I, I know not because first of all, I was in contact with them, and one of their other main people is Tim Person. Yeah, you know yeah, Tim? I know Tim. Yeah, well, Tim's not against you. There I know. Was no, I liked, I love Tim. Yeah, there was never. Yeah, that wasn't an issue. But yeah. uh, hey, somebody might have thought it, and somebody might have said it. But, yeah, I know. guess. All right. So I I, I don't want to get too much into the weeds on this one though. But 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 interesting. So what is it about when you say because you said that Monavani would be better with inner city education, correct? Sure. Is that what you said Big time. Okay. Now, and you said Paul Barry the third. Oh, a I don't person know. who basically I don't know what li- he would lives do. in North County and, and and in the inner city practically. It doesn't matter um, though. You wouldn't. I don't know. Paul. So, okay, uh, right. But but have you tried to like investigate? What? No. Why? Because there's no. He can't win. Well, how do you know he can't win? Well, it's not even going to be close. But I mean, if if he, let's put it this way, if he had like a left wing person like Mark Kaysen saying, you know, I think Paul Barry gets it when it comes to inner city education. Don't you think that would help him? I have heard. Paul, and he seems to be a pretty typical uh, right-wing black guy, which there's only about 5% of them out there anyway, but that's okay. <laughs> what's a t- what's, I, I love this. What's a pretty typical right-wing black guy? Black guy trying to be white. <laughs> He's not – now, okay, so – okay. So like how, Kevin, like Kevin. So how? By the way, by the way, it is a funny thing because all these black guys who want to be white, when you really get down to it, they're black, right? But so, how, how, yeah. how is it that? What makes him trying to be white? Like what? What defines trying to be white? Well, it's all this conservative talk. That's not helping the black community. Okay. All right. So so when a black person who is conservative, or as you say, right-wing, right. talks, for instance, about school choice. Oh, that's terrible. Well, black people that's, that's support example. school choice. No, no, no. They yes, do they not. do. No, absolutely They're not. They're too busy being told no. by white people like you that okay. it's bad. Well, but they believe it. They believe it's bad. Because they were told by white people like you yeah. that desegregation would be good for them, too. Well, I know what we'll do. Here's what we'll okay, do. That was to, horrible. Here's Come what, on. We'll, here's what we'll do to uh, improve your lives, black people. Put them on we're a going bus. to wake your asses right. up at 4 okay. o'clock in the morning, and we're going to put you on a bus and send you out to West County where you can be with white kids. But how can you conflate that with school That's choice? Not, that wasn't good for black people. Okay, but you're conflating things here that don't make any sense. It wasn't good. It was terrible. Well, you know what? And there were black people who were against it when it started. Absolutely. But they want, you know, and, and black people, though, if, if there was such a thing as school choice, there would be, first of all, more of an incentive for that matter to, to either A, if, if the schools weren't up to par, they'd leave. And go someplace else. The voucher program is a perfect thing to keep schools on their toes and keep. There was no incentive for the city schools to do anything positive because, first of all, white people were too busy shipping black people out of there with their grandiose liberal ideas. And so there was no incentive for the schools are bad because they've been ghettoized and abandoned. It's so much more complicated. And, and we don't have even the time here, okay. to, you know. But but it's so much more complicated than what you're saying. That that no, it's it's not that. But I will tell you an immediate story 
that and 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 we'll put it on here. It's it, it's going to break in the post dispatch later today, and Channel Five will have it on later today. How do you know all this? I know all kinds of things. Well, how come you didn't tell me? I'm telling you now. Well, it's eight forty two. Well, I couldn't help it. This traffic was horrible. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, the union at St. Louis Public filed a grievance a week or two ago saying that, that teachers were not being paid appropriate to the amount of education and, and time spent at the school that, that they're supposed to be paid. Some were being paid, others weren't, and they said, look, you've got to get this straightened out. The school said, get rid of that grievance or we're going to take you, every one of you union people, and we're going to send you out of the union, we're going to put you back in the classroom, and that's going to be your punishment. Well, first of all, why would you punish people by sending them to the classroom? That's wrong. That's not a punishment. But the second thing is, is that's exactly what's happened. And today was the first day of school, and these union people have been removed from the union office, and they are now in the classroom because they are threatened, they're, they're threatening the school with forcing the school to pay the money that they owe teachers. They owe them the money. They got to pay it, but they don't want to pay it. So they're saying union, if you're quiet, you can stay at your job. But if you're not quiet back to the classroom and they put them back in the classroom this morning. I'm sorry. I switched the channel to go see what's up with uh, the latest episode of green acres. Yeah. So you don't care about this. I don't even know what you're talking about. It sounds, you know, what it sounds to they me like it they're retaliating to me, right. against it sounds, the union. It, it sounds to me like another example of why the city schools suck, okay, and why St. Louis still can't get its act together because of stupid little uh, blowups like this. Well, uh, look, the, you agree that if you join a union, you have a right to union representation. You're not. I know you're against putting making people pay that aren't in the union, yeah. but, but you're okay with people being represented by a union sure. that they, okay. Yeah. So today, those representatives have been sent back into the classroom, unable to represent their union members because they filed a grievance. They filed a lawsuit. I mean, the, this is all going to be in front of a, an arbitrator on August 29th. Are these teachers who yeah. are union representatives? Well, sure. Okay, then they should be in the classroom. No, no, no. Their job is once they become union uh, executives, then they have to they, – they take them out of the classroom and they, be, they, oh, that's a they good do thing. their jo- – no, they do their job. Yeah, that, that's what we need. More teachers oh, taken out of the classroom somebody, to, to do look, uh, somebody pencil has push to do, for a union. No, some, it's not pencil pushing. Somebody has to do that job representing – the 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 teachers and okay. it's other teachers. Well, it sounds like another banana republic example, and, and you know, and, and it, well, it's not good. And retaliating for a lawsuit is something that will get you in a lot of trouble. That's breaking the law. Well, yeah, well, yeah. If you're if you're well, I don't know. I mean, if you're if you, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it depends. Yeah, breaking it's the law. It depends. Law. It depends. What what law is it breaking again? You're not if if you're a union and you file a lawsuit. It's supposed to it's go labor, into the is, is it a labor? Is it a labor yeah, law? Okay, exactly. I got you. Okay, I got yeah. you. All right, all right. Okay, golly, gee whiz. I didn't, I didn't even, okay, now, we got through that whole thing. Sure. One thing, uh, by the way, uh, before we get away here, a couple things. First of all, I don't understand why we can't vote in a variety of different elections. Why do I have to say I'm a Democrat or a Republican? Why can't I vote in the county executive's race – 
on the Democrat side, and why can't I go and vote on the Republican side in the Senate race? Yeah, I, I don't understand I, that. I, I would. I'm. I'm with you. That makes sense. I mean, you, you know, I'm all for the open primary. I didn't know That's we had fine. a close. Somebody told me we had a closed primary. Yeah, but they had. They have open primaries in some places, but not here. We ought to have an open primary. Okay. I mean, I, I realize, you know, I, I think crossover voting is fine. There are some people who might want to vote in, in there and maybe, you know. So yeah, who but you- some people obviously fear that if they open the primary up that – that people will have more choices and and, oh, yeah, and and may vote against them. Yeah, we don't want that. Well, no. I, I'm uh, look. So let me let me we ask actually you agree on something. As okay. a you, you support Claire McCaskill, correct? Reluctantly, but you will vote for her. Well, right? sure, because I'm voting against Donald. Yes. Okay, so who are you most afraid of on the as a as a liberal? Uh, who are you most afa- afraid of her facing on the Republican side? Well, it's interesting that you say that because I only know these people because of you. Um, but I guess the probably the reality is that it's Holly. Although I know I've heard polls that say that that other people would be stronger against Claire than Holly. But who do you think is most fear-inducing for you as a liberal Claire McCaskill supporter? Well, let me say this. I personally, I kind of like. Is is it Pfeiffer? Peter Pfeiffer. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like him. Yeah, you know, only because I met these people and talked to them through you, and and so I kind of like Pfeiffer. Yeah. Why? But I just I think he's a, a a rational human being. But I I told him the same thing. Even if he were to win, I couldn't. I'd have to vote for Claire because the vote is not for Claire or Pfeiffer. The glo- the vote is is for or against Donald. President Trump. Whoever that is. Yeah. Why do you the call guy, him? Because he belongs in jail. I know, but you can't just call look, him the president. I mean, you know what? You know, I called him President Obama. Yeah. No, no, this is different. I, lo- I love many conservatives. And even before you and I were doing all this, I'm fr- I've been friends with conservatives for a long time. But I got to tell you this. Donald is not that. I'm fine with people who have different points of view. I listen to you on the way in here. What's being done by Facebook and, you know, the the algorithms that they use. Let me put it this way. Let me guess. John McCain is like one of your favorite Republicans, right? He he never was. But if you had – but but you guys love to say how John McCain is like – I could vote for a guy like John McCain. No, I never – never. But I've become, you know, like – to the point of liking him. Look. I voted for John McCain. Yeah. I, I support people's different viewpoints, which is why we get along so well. It's an unusual thing because people normally don't like some other people that don't think the way they do. I don't care. It's fine. People should think the way they want to think. Donald is different, and I don't hate him. It's just that he's a madman and a lunatic who needs to be removed because he's harming our democracy. And all you have to do is talk about one thing. You could talk about many, but all you have to say is enemy of the people because you're a newsman, a professional of the highest quality, so that makes you the enemy of the people too. So that's that's insanity. Do you, think, so, do you really think that by – I mean, first of all, you're going to have a really tough – Next six years, 
I think not. Uh, yes, you but will. We'll, because, we'll what, are you gonna, what are you going to do? Like, we'll know year, in November. What are you going to do on year four? Yeah. What what, you, in 2022, like, what are you going to do? What if I'm right in November? You're not going to. You, you won't okay. be right. Yeah, well, but, we'll see. But we'll, what are you going to do in 2022? Okay. Like, are in, you still going to be like, he's going to jail. In three. He's a lunatic. In three. <laughs> In three Donald months, in, is a lunatic. In three, We're going to take a van and go okay. see him in prison. Yes. In three months, <laughs> in three months, see, this isn't six years. In three months, we're going to know the results of this. And, and if you're right, first of all, I'm going to be very calm about the whole thing, and I'm, I'm just not going to worry about it because as far as I'm concerned, if the Democrats – don't stop this in three months, then they get what they deserve. That's we're simple. All, we're all going to get into a big van, and we're going to go to federal prison. We will be. Donald. We will be visiting federal him. prison. We will be. And, his, and Junior will be there, too. And Jared. They'll probably get the, those two first. Right. And then and then Donald will be crying and trying to <laughs> and trying to trying to to pardon them and then of course that's obstruction of justice because even though he has the right to pardon people he doesn't have the right to pardon people to try to prevent himself from being indicted. By the way, President Trump, did you see the latest uh, numbers that Hispanic employment is at an all time high now? Okay, thank For, you. And, and that's President Trump's that's, economy. That's Ben Bernanke and, and, and Barack Obama, and Trump has not yet wrecked it. That, that, that's that, the answer. That, and that actually has been wildly refuted. Well, that would the be Obama. That would be incorrect because economy. I know everything about the economics, and the people that you're talking about are crazed and just saying Jamie things. Jamie Dimon said. And I know you keep discrediting yeah. him. Jamie Dimon is smart and did not say what you're he claiming. He said this is President Trump's economy. He did yeah. have some concerns, Wait. but he said this is President Trump's economy. Yes, and, and, and here's what he said. He said that President Trump – Listen what to he you. Said. That's Good what for he you. said. That was his word. Listen to you. You no, just I said would President never say Trump. That. No, he said that because he didn't say Donald. He said – You should call him Master okay. Trump is what you ought to call him. He said – that this is that he now owns what happens in this economy. He's not giving him credit for what Ben Bernanke, who's a Republican, and what Barack Obama allowed to have happen. I'm sorry, the New York Times that that right wing rag must have just put words into Jamie Dimon's mouth. I've I've listen. I heard the words. It, there are a lot of ways to report words and make it sound different. But I'm telling you that it's true. Donald now owns this economy. What happens belongs to him, and that's very similar to what happened to Herbert Hoover 70 years ago. So, All right, yeah. All yeah. right, so uh, back to real quickly to the Senate sure. thing. You like Peter Pfeiffer, but I do. do you as a McCaskill supporter I could live with him. fear him? Oh, no. No, I don't – First what do you mean I, you could live with Peter Pfeiffer? I think he would be a, a good representative of people. Well, I, I think he would be too, yeah. but 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 he's not he's not a liberal. I didn't say he was. Well, he's fine. Uh, yeah, but I so, don't, so so you can so I can uh, like people who I, I like uh, lots of people who are liberal. But you but you wouldn't vote for a conservative. Probably probably not. You but just it's told me that's why but, you wouldn't vote for Paul Barry the third. Yeah, but it's a funny thing that you're saying because I happen to know that Claire is pretty conservative. 
Claire McCaskill? Claire doesn't like you and I sat in the studio years ago on at at ninety seven one, and she was on the air with the two of us in the studio, and she spoke against Ted Kennedy, too liberal. Well, no, I yes, think she, she did. She, yes, she did. She did. She didn't say he was too liberal. Yes, she did. I was right there. She did say that. I don't remember that. Okay, but I'm just I, I, listen. I don't, and and then there, there's more that she did. I mean, she did some things that had to do with you know, breaking up uh, uh, Bob Holden's, you know, governorship. You know, she was more conservative than many of these people. I just don't well, like, and I also the, know something about her that I won't say on the air. Oh, I can't. Why? I can't. I can't. Okay. It's it's really it's too bad. So. Having, I'll tell wait, you. Wait, 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 wait. No, don't, I can't help it. You can't come on okay, the show and say I, I, can't. I can't. I know it's bad. It's, it's. I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have said. Is that. it personal? Yeah. Oh, it's about her husband. No. Oh, okay. Uh, uh-uh. oh. But, but it is. It does have to do with Onion Horton. I can't. Yeah, I can't do it. Oh, come on! You yeah, have to do I it. Can't do it. No. What are you? What are you talking about? You have to do it. Okay. You have to tell me because you know, I'll keep you here until all, I'll stay on okay. the air until four o'clock this the, the, afternoon. The only reason I'm going to tell you is because I think Onion would probably want me to tell. Okay. Okay. So, is this so one I'm, of those things like you know when, when you're asked what's your main drawback? Um, I think I work too hard. Is that yeah. one of these things? No. Okay. No. And and in fact, I remember one day if you do too, Onion told you if you didn't answer the question that he was throwing you out, and you answered the question. So, oh, I remember that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I did answer yeah, the question. You did. I know. What was the question I again? Don't even, I don't remember. But it I'm was the, something about, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, but I'm going to answer the question. Okay. So here's the deal. It's no big deal. It's not good. Uh, Claire uh, owed me an onion, $5,000, because of some advertising that we did for Roger Wilson and, and, and uh, Bob Holden and, yeah. and, and all those people. And when she came in and took over because she jumped into the campaign and won, uh, she said, I'm not paying. And um, Onion said, no, go to her and get, see, get that money. And I talked to her. She, she said, I'm not paying. And Onion said, don't worry. I'll take care of it. And, and Onion went down to see her and said, uh, if you don't give me the $5,000 right now, I'm going to tell everybody that I know that you're a racist. And she said, fine, here's the 5000 So my problem with it was this. She allowed Onion to basically extort $5,000, which she owed, but she should have said, I'm no racist. I'm I'm not afraid. I'm I'm just a deadbeat. Whatever. But I'm not a racist. But, I'm just a deadbeat yeah. who refuses to play pay a black dude for yeah, but work she, he did. Yeah, but she paid him because he said. And and you know, so I never liked that either, but that's personal. But but the thing I thought it was something more exciting than nah, that. No, nah, no. Uh-uh. But you know, the, she is not a liberal. But nevertheless, yes, she is. Everybody needs to uh, vote look, for her. Look at her or else. Look, look at her voting record. How can you say that she's not a liberal? I mean, she, when, she has gone along. She's acquiesced on some things that she doesn't believe in, which you know I understand. A lot of people do that. Like what? 
lots of things that Name she voted. Name one I don't, thing no, that I she's acquiesced and she doesn't believe but No, because I don't know everything she believes, but I just know she's voted along with, with Obama on things, and I know that she's not that liberal. Oh, I see. So she just she's just voting for him to get along with him? She did, yeah. So it sounds to me like uh, Claire McCaskill's fairly pliable. I, I, I don't like her. So, uh, okay. The, the, the people, so, the people that, are, that, that are on your side aren't going to vote for Claire anyway. I'm not even worried never. about that. Yeah, exactly. No. And, and, and the people on my side understand that the vote isn't for Claire. It's against Donald. So it's, there it's, we are. Listen, Claire McCaskill, I remember when she was running against Jim Talent, and, and Jim would say the same thing, uh, what is going on here. And, and he basically thought that he was – Republicans would come out and vote for him no matter what because he had the R next to his name. And Claire McCaskill slithered in on these conservative forums – and acted like she was a reasonable individual and blah, 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 this and blah, 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 that. And then wound up ultimately uh, turning into just simply a left-wing troll for Barack Obama. And, and, and actually, she didn't well, even not support but... Obama originally. Yeah, she no, was that's a, right. She was, a, she was a Hillary Clinton supporter. Well, but she switched to Obama. Well, yeah. Yes, she did. Yeah. And, but because, again, she had to. Because she had to have some self-preservation going on, and she needed all the help she could get, so she played the game. It sounds to me I don't like, like Claire. It sounds I to mean, me I like you could, you could say boo and get her to do anything. I, I think you. That's my fear. Which that, that's not integrity. That's not a person you want in the had, U.S. Senate. Listen, that's fine. That's true. I but Donald, no, got to stop it. Onion Horton, got to stop five thousand dollars. She's like okay. Here's your fight. Why didn't she want to pay, by the way? She just didn't think she had to. Why? I don't know. Because it, we were supporting Holden. Right, but 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 we you were guys, being paid to support Holden by the Democratic Party. But you but you you did work for her, the, correct? Well, for the Democratic Party. I see. So why was she having to pay? Because for- now she was in charge of the Democratic Party as the nominee, and she oh, right. told the Democratic Party, don't pay them. <laughs> okay. You an onion, Lord. Yeah. That would have been, uh, that would have been uh, fun to watch that. Oh, there were so many good stories. I mean, the, the best one is the, the Jay Nixon story. But that's, uh, What's that story? Jay Nixon... This better have this better be more interesting than the well, five thousand dollars. It might be. Thing. It might be. Jay Nixon. You remember the attorneys that I worked with? In I don't know if you remember them in 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 Clayton. Anyway, we got thirteen eighty from John Beck. Yes. Yeah. And um, and they did all the legal work on it. These were my buddies. And uh, at that time, Nixon was trying to run for I guess Senate. And and Onion was on the air just trashing the heck out of him. And so they – Nixon knew these attorneys, and he asked if we could have a meeting. And so we had a meeting. And we sat around a table, and, uh, and, and ultimately Onion said to Nixon, look, you're a racist, and you need to support your white racist constituents, and I'm black – and as a black man, I'm going to speak against you every time I can. Unless you give me $5,000. No, not, not, period. Oh, okay. and, and there was nothing 
that was going to, you know, get Onion to stop doing that. Remember, at the time, Nixon was trying to prevent the the schools from getting the DSEG money, you know, among other things. Anyway, so um, eventually the lawyers were told by Nixon that we will give you – $5,000. The the lawyers. Okay. We will give you control. We'll make you the the trustees of the $1.5 billion um, Blue Cross – foundation in missouri if if you get horton and Kaysen out of this radio station and they said well that's fine we'll take that so that's when all that stuff happened on 1380 that's what happened it was all over nixon and 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 eventually the lawyers lost and you know nixon never gave them anything after he had promised them you know but anyway interesting nixon story so you say I don't even know what I didn't even know what you just did there. That's okay. So I will, but, but thirteen eighty, they got rid of you because Nixon wanted you to. Well, there. not got. Ri- I mean, we owned it. They uh-huh. they changed the paperwork. Sounds to me like if if people could have kept you and Onion quiet, had they only just kept on shoving five thousand dollar checks your way. Well, not really. But you guys wouldn't me, have said anything. No, but let me say this: all of this. I mean, you would see it because five years later, it went into the courtroom, and 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 John Beck showed up and said. I gave the station, he said, well, he said, I gave it to Mark and Onion. He said, but actually, I gave it to Mark because at the time, I didn't even know Onion. So Beck took care of all that, and that was the end of it. And, and, and so, you know, but wow. we never got the station back. That's true. What a really amazing, I didn't think this, this show could get any, yeah. go out with a, a bigger bang than hey, what you it, just did right there. Listen, Be- just, and Beck is your buddy. I'm 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 sad. This time has come to an end. There you go. I mean, because all those, all these. <laughs> Look at all the things you've learned. Today. Fascinating things, <laughs> it's you like have. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> all right, buddy, you're fun. Get out of here, Mr. Kaysen. All right, so we're going to see how everything uh, shakes out tomorrow. And then maybe have you, if something... Yeah. Montavani, that's our man. If something gangbustery happens, we'll have you in... Uh, Montavani. We need Wednesday Montavani. Thursday. We'll have some debate about the outcome of the election. We'll see. We will. Okay. Here's $5,000 <laughs> in Ruth's Chris right. Steakhouse. Exactly, uh, yeah. Coupons. Here, get out of here. And don't call me a racist again. That's right. All right, have you a good rest, rest of your day, everybody. RadioFreeAlmond.com. Mr. Kaysen, great to see you, buddy. Thank you.